0: Less than three weeks to go before the NFL draft, the free agency news has largely dried up. But don't fear, we still have plenty to talk through today with Underdog's release of a Superflex tournament. We'll talk through our favorite strategies for attacking this unique format and our favorite values at quarterback. This is ADP Chasing. Let's go.
1: Pat, Fryer, Helmholtz. <laughs> this is why. this is why I'm hot. Anita, hand, hand job. Fix your site. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs>
2: are, you are you kidding, kidding me? Can I just You kidding? can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally this You're right. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> Pat, Davis, good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good morning.
1: First Don't first deal. ADP chasing in the morning.
2: It's, not, the it's not really... It's not really the morning, though, is it? I mean, ten o'clock in the morning, bro. That's not really the morning. Wow, that's not morning to <laughs> you.
1: That's definitely morning to me.
2: I get up at like five thirty in the morning. Dude. My God, wow! I've already, I've already worked out, had a coffee, hung out with my dogs, read, and played video games today by by ten a.m. Uh,
0: Jeez, that's, that's a nice little day you had. You already had. Uh, I was also up at five thirty this morning. I did like a camping trip last night, so I woke up this morning at five thirty and skied down a, a mountain at six a.m and uh then grinded grinded these Gnarly. charts all morning. So it was yeah, uh, I wow.
2: I, I wish I skied this morning.
0: That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah.
2: Yeah skiing is skiing is top notch.
0: It is quite fun. It was nice. Um but much it, to
2: much to Peter's chagrin, I did a super flex draft in the sauna this morning as well. <laughs> Pete <laughs> hates that. Pete, Pete he, he doesn't want you to know this one simple trick that you can have it stacked your bad habits with your good habits too, to just have them cancel each other out.
1: Now, given your, your attitudes about, uh, 1.5 X listening, I'm surprised that you like this because you're sort of, it seems like you're, you're, you're trying to, my, my, my brain.
2: No, my brain is broken. I, I never, the, the, the supposition has never been, I'm speaking down from on high with an unbroken brain. It's just that, it feels like that's an easy way to not break my brain. Like some things I just feel like are unavoidable, you know, but I don't know But many people, the people posted the, uh, the, uh, ship chasing or ADP chasing in 0.5 X. And I sounded ridiculous. I just, whoever said this, that, thank you for that. That was like a legitimately hilarious bit.
0: Yeah, I listened to that for. It made me feel like I was like tripping on something when I listened to you in .5x. I was like, "What's going on? I don't, I don't like this." Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Um,
0: but yeah, are you uh, are you still doing uh, cardio club stuff, Davis? Are you drafting on uh, treadmill or or whatever, or how are you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I still,
2: I still do my cardio, but I am not, I'm not. What I've actually been doing these daily MLB drafts on Underdog. They really. You know they've really got their hooks in me. I've got my red badge. It's it's oh wow. It's it's not good, man. Yeah. yeah, and and what's sick is the badge bros who have a channel in Peter's Discord. I mean, I just feel like they win these tournaments every single day. And it's certainly like they're grinding it pretty hard. They're doing a lot more entries, but these guys have like hacked it. Like this is like a, a version of daily fantasy sports that is like beatable. Like people are are beating it without computers, which is pretty gnarly
1: hmm. I was listening at the beginning of your pod with Pete and uh you guys are kind of getting into DFS and feeling like the boomers now that you know we're we're like no there's too much math
2: we are yes yes we <laughs> it like I'm I'm now in that generation of being like what are you why all these like everyone knows about Sims you're all you all know about optimal probability like Back in my day, people didn't even know if guys would be playing. You know, they, people would just be clicking guys who didn't were not even active.
1: When we were starting in fantasy, people were skeptical that like math would help. They were yeah. like, well, You gotta watch it. You can't use math. Yes.
2: That that was a common thing of like, I wish fantasy sports was more about uh watching the games and having takeaways yeah. as opposed to like what the numbers say. Like that like when Rotoviz started, people hated Rotoviz. Like there was a community-wide like no like everyone who worked for for ESPN and Yahoo and and all these other independent sites were like, that's not how fantasy football is done. Like that sucks, you know? Yeah. It is And I kinda
0: get it. I mean, there is something fun to like if you're a casual fan, to watching a game and then thinking, Oh, I can identify, like, oh, that player looks really good. I can have my own takes about it without doing research. So I get it. Like it's definitely fun to to watch games. And- oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, higher excel So it makes sense. Like, I get where it's coming from for sure. Well, now we're yeah. we're
1: gonna get washed out here by the by the computers. They're coming for us. So mm. now I'm not. Now I have a lot more empathy for the previous generation. Yeah, the
0: simulation stuff. I I've like with some of the research I've been doing, I've gotten people DMing me saying like, oh, you should you know build some simulation in R, or Python, or whatever. I'm like, I think people are overestimating. <laughs> like, I can do stuff in Excel and and you know take some averages, some basic formulas, but Man, if someone uh, can figure out how to put together a good simulation for this stuff, that's gonna—that's way above what I can do, and well, could really take this to the next. Someone
2: level. is going to. I mean, people are going to be able to start running sims for best ball contests, and they're going to be setting up bots to draft in these best ball contests. And fairly soon, that's who we are going to be playing against. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's what's interesting, I and. I don't know a ton about poker, so I can't explain this in detail, but I was having a conversation back and forth with someone in the ship chasing discord. And they talked about how, when Sims got oh. into poker, it completely changed what even really sharp
2: people thought. Oh, was poker, the poker is terrible now. Uh, as yeah. someone who has been uh, a lifelong casual fan of poker, I mean, it's horrible. It's not fun to listen to people talk about anymore. It's really not even fun to watch anymore because people, Take so long to make their decisions, and are, are it's just it's it, it's 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 kind of ruined it to be honest. I, I would say a vast majority of people would say that Sims have had an adverse impact on it as a whole for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the thing is, like, with even if the game gets more solved, I think there's something with best ball where there's so much variance in it, like, you could solve this game and you're I mean, you still might not win. You know what I mean? Like the, if you're just doing smart enough strategies, I think you'll always have a chance. And it's for me, it's always going to be fun to draft, I think. So hopefully ball never goes down that path completely. But anyways, um, shout out to to Tyler for for the five dollar donation. Um, didn't wake up till 9 a.m. today. My <laughs> my day's productivity, not creator. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, that donation and yeah speaking of uh productivity let's uh let's get into the debate today let's talk about superflex um hopefully give you guys some uh actionable stuff for your superflex drafts so i I'll, I'll lay out like what my initial read is on on this tournament um with i did some quick research this is not like my final word on it but i'll sort of lay out how i'm thinking about it and then uh, definitely want to get your guys thoughts so I just did this analysis um, looking at okay, how, how does superflex scoring actually work? Um, so you can see here that for Superflex, you basically have the quarterback twos competing with the wide receiver threes on a given week uh, in the superflex spot and then other positions, running backs, running back threes, you know wide, wide receiver fours, tight ends are farther behind. So your superflex each week, I think you can kind of think of it as coming down to a quarterback or a wide receiver. Uh, again, there's only two uh, two starting wide receivers in this in this format, which is a key distinction. So, that wide receiver 3 um ha- has a decent shot of getting into the super flex. Um here I looked at just I looked at the past 10 years if you just rank quarterbacks 1 through 24, you know, rank wide receivers 1 through 36, which player is going to score in the super flex each week. Again, this is slightly simplified. Like this isn't a perfect way to look at it, but I think it's close enough to how this will actually work in, in real scoring. And you see that quarterbacks essentially come out in the super flex 80% of the time wide receivers around 20%. Um, I was a little surprised that that wide receiver score in the flex uh, that much, but thinking about it more, it makes sense if, you know, wide receiver threes essentially get to uh, score in the flex each week that, that, makes some sense um and then the next thing i did is looked at the flex scoring so now you have to take you know take out the players that would have qualified for the super flex um and then look at which players would score in in the flex in the super flex format and this is dominated by wide receivers again just the the element of you know having only two wide receivers starting spots versus three in the standard format just means that wide receivers are going to you know dominate running backs in the flex a little bit more than they would in the standard format um so that, that's a lot of information L- let me try to summarize and like and explain to you as why i'm going through all this um it seems like a lot um essentially in in the standard format you need one starting quarterback um two and a half running backs like i'm basically calling the flex in the in the standard format half running back half wide receiver i that's a whole another topic but I think that's close enough to right, and then so you have two two and a half running backs, three and a half wide receivers, and one tight end in the standard format. If you just make the simple assumption that hey, you should roughly like allocate draft capital equally aqua- across like starting spots, then you get that this two point five scalar where like you have eight starting spots, you have twenty roster spots. Multiply that by two point five, and this is like roughly what I think how many roster spots you should allocate to each position. Um, and again, this is kind of looks like the standard build that people do in in standard leagues, right? Like two and a half quarterbacks, two and a half tight ends, something like six running backs, something like eight to nine wide receivers. Like I think that's generally
2: what. Yeah, what people it comes do. out
1: basically exactly like what people do. This is exactly. It's it's actually really interesting that it works out this smoothly because this is like exactly how people draft. Yeah, to
2: exactly. drafting, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I think there is something to that. That like you know. It's, it's roughly, if we assume that people are drafting roughly optimally, like I think it's roughly optimal to allocate like, yeah, the same number of roster spots per starting position, right? Um, so if you guys are with me there, then we can apply that same logic to how the super flex format works. So in this, I'm saying you need 1.8 quarterbacks, because again, quarterback fills the super flex 80% of the time. So that's how I get the 1.8. Running back, you just need 2.2, because uh, it only fills the flex 20% of the time. Wide receiver, you need three. I'm getting that from you need two starting wide receivers. Then it fills the super flex 20% of the time, roughly. Fills the flex 80% of the time, roughly. So that's I'm calling that three starting wide receiver spots. And then again, one tight end. So if you apply that same 2.5 scalar to this, you get something like four to five quarterbacks, five to six running backs, seven to eight wide receivers, and, and two to three tight ends. So th- that's my argument right there that like, I think quarterback is so. Th- th- this gets more complicated, right? Because you you can't really just draft five. If every team drafted five quarterbacks, like there's only thirty-two starting quarterbacks in the league. Like every team. No, but that's the t- wrong
2: way. To, that's the wrong way to think about it. I, I think I think thinking about only thirty-two available guys getting generating points at the quarterback is the wrong way to think about it. I'm I'm team four quarterbacks i think after doing a couple of these because there's a huge drop off and then people start you know basically people are like okay i I got my quarterback one and then i got you know uh like then there's even kind of that second tier and then there's this whole tier of sam howell jacoby Brissett, baker mayfield you know will levis um levis seems like a value to me desmond ritter you know yada yada all the mac jones uh brock purdy uh by the way hendon hooker worst adp in fantasy football history he he, like literally is not gonna play a snap just hey, like, ACL. I, I want i want I, I think people don't know my guess is probably people do when did he his acl At, in the alabama game like not like like um, the season was it was like week yeah. 10 basically got it so um, he's like
0: kind of on the jameson williams timeline sort of
1: yeah, but, but, as a, still, but as a quarterback who's like,
2: but he's a twenty six year old rookie quarterback. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This guy's, yeah. This guy's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not playing. He's not. He's playing.
1: not. He's not. Jameson Williams draft capital.
2: Um, I would say the two best values I did. I've so I've done three of these. I think the two best values I saw at quarterbacks were Baker because you. I think minimum you are getting eight games of Baker. No disrespect to Kyle Trask. Um, I mean, I think Baker. I I literally think you even have outs of like they bench baker for kyle trask cut him and then he ends up starting two games for the raiders or whatever like i just kind of think that's baker mayfield is ryan fitzpatrick now uh i like that i like maybe not maybe not as fun right maybe well that's not as fun
1: fitzpatrick wasn't fun at times there weren't there were some there there were some
2: there were some stretches people people still remember like the six touchdown game against the texans and uh, the the buccaneers stuff i mean there were some stretches where fitzpatrick was brutal to watch yeah, yeah. uh and then bailey Zappi is hands down i mean i would be taking him every single time in these uh there i i do not one i think there's a chance that mac jones gets traded two i think there's a chance they just bench him outright and three i just i like what wh- what universe are we living in where bailey Zappi did not start at least three games i just don't yeah
0: yeah i just don't see I, it. I, I and I, I want it. So yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I want to get into some of the individual players later, but ju- just to like quickly finish my argument. And I think I'm with you uh, Davis that I, I want to get like four quarterbacks because so I, I made this, I, I kind of like arbitrarily made up these percentages. Right. But I, I kind of grouped quarterbacks that are getting drafted into three categories. This is their odds of starting weeks, 15 to 17, if they don't suffer a new injury. So I'm, I'm not predicting injury here. Obviously I know that Josh Allen isn't 100% because there's a 10% chance he gets hurt or whatever, right? Like, I'm just saying, injuries, we're playing Madden, new injuries are, are off. I'm, I'm factoring in injuries of guys who are already injured, like Kyler and Stafford, but new injuries are turned off. The, the, like, the guys on the left, I think there's basically 16 quarterbacks that are more or less a lock to start in weeks 15 to 17. Again, if if they don't suffer a new injury. Then I think there's about 10 quarterbacks that have very high odds of starting, but I I can't quite call them locks. Like Lamar has the weird contract thing. I think Goff and Geno, you got to factor in the odds of them drafting Richardson or Levis somewhat. You know, Russ was so bad last year. I'm not completely ruling out him getting benched. They like Stidham. Yeah, exactly. So those guys, I think they'll have very high odds of starting. If you group those two pools together, that's only 26 quarterbacks. And again, there's, there's 12 teams in each year's super flex leagues. And I think there's really only 26 quarterbacks that like, I feel very good about their chances of starting weeks, 15 to 17. If they're healthy, I want three to four of those guys. Cause I'm just, I think I'm just going to hammer my opponents in the regular season. If on average, my opponents are only getting two of those guys and I have three to four, I'm just going to hammer them with points during the regular season, having, having that extra quarterback I think is going to be help, so helpful for advance rate and then in the playoffs I, I think like having three quarterbacks stacked up like when you have to win consecutive tournaments 15 16 and 17 I think is going to be super valuable like Leone's research showed that having three quarterbacks stacked up in one quarterback leagues could be really helpful from a ceiling perspective so I just like can't see how in Superflex that doesn't even you know become more valuable again I haven't fully crunched the numbers and all this so this is a little bit more speculation but
1: yeah, Man, I think sense. I think you want three to four of those guys, and if you well, can't you get say three, three, to, three four... to four, hang on, because to get four of them, like isn't that four of your first five picks going to quarterback? Okay, yeah, so
0: that's right. I think sorry, maybe maybe three to four. I'd say I want three of them, and then I probably want one of the. Will Levis. I, I'm thinking Ryan of the. Tannehill. I'm thinking
2: literally the exact reverse. I'm thinking you take one of the 100 guys and preferably one of the ones that has, you know, 26 and a half point per game ceiling. You know, uh Burrow, Field, whatever. And then instead of giving up premium picks, a very high ceiling running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, you take one of the. 70% guys, 80% guys, Stafford, Pickett, Jimmy G, Anthony Richardson, and then two of the 10 to 40% guys. That to me, that feels intuitively, that was just what I, I like thought that would be the better. best strategy. Yeah.
1: That that feels better to me because it's a 260 team final. So you gotta think how many, how many uh dead early round picks am I okay having in the final round? And any more than two early quarterbacks means you have at least one completely dead pick. You're saying this guy is definitely not hitting my final week 17 roster, which I think puts you at a pretty significant disadvantage in a 260 team field.
0: Yeah. So, so where I'm thinking with that, I I totally get that argument. Um, and again, I'm, I'm saying that this take, I think I, I would say I have like 70% confidence in it. I, I get your guys pushback where I'm coming from is, is a couple angles. One, like leverage if you only have one like stud quarterback and he gets you to the finals he's likely to be very chalky I think and and your stack with that quarterback is also likely to be decently chalky so I think having multiple like high upside stacked quarterbacks in a super flex format I think has the potential to give you like even more leverage than it would in a one quarterback league. Cause, cause two of those guys can hit your lineup in each week. So, say you have three, three of these top 26 guys, like you could sneak in a low owned Kyler Marquise Brown stack that, you know, no one has. So, so that's, that's point one. Point two is just like the opportunity cost stuff. Like I get, I totally get like, I'm all for in your first two picks, you know, just going one quarterback and then taking, And an elite guy, elite, you know, running back wide receiver in the second round, maybe even an elite running back wide receiver in the third round. But then once it gets to that fifth and sixth round, like the two by twos of taking like Bryce Young and then taking a running back wide receiver where like the Tannehill Ritter types are going, I like that two by two a lot more than taking the running back wide receiver there and then taking a stab on like Howell, Ritter, Tannehill, like these guys, I just don't feel good about starting. Like I actually think at you know where where these like forty percent quarterbacks are going is not that cheap like Brock Purdy in the eighties, Sam Howell at a hundred, Tannehill at hundred, right? But get, there's like,
2: a huge gap between the fifty percent guys and the forty percent guys in ADP, like like gigantic.
0: Yeah, so, so some some of these guys I, I do like, like like I, I'm with you there, but like you're not gonna like the 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 quarterback adp is so volatile like you can go into it making a plan that like i really like this Baker value someone gets desperate at quarterback they reach on him like 30 picks ahead of adp like i see this a lot and again just just to round up my point like the running backs and wide receivers that you can get in this format at pick like 120 like are still pretty good like you can get Quentin Johnson at 120 you can get Bateman at 120 you can get Brandon cooks at 110 you can get charbonnet at 110. Whereas like the quarterbacks that are going there, like Tannehill, like uh, Howell, all these guys, like I'd take the skill position there and take my quarterback a little bit early because I don't think the the drop off from running back and wide receiver in like the fifty to sixty range is actually that big to the running back and wide receiver in like the one ten range, if, if that if that makes sense.
2: I mean, it does. It does make sense. I just, I mean, maybe maybe part of it is. I think maybe I disagree with the idea that it's a bad thing to have like a chalky quarterback stack, make it to the final or whatever. Also, I'm not like jamming stacks nearly as hard right now as I am going to be in June and July. Right. Like there's just so much in flux. Like I feel like, I feel like, yeah, that it's just kind of, it's just going to be kind of random. Right. I mean, like we, we all kind of think Anthony, the values, there's going to be
1: so much value.
2: Right, you're so, much and, more likely to get value teams than really heavy team yeah. stacks. Through and them.
1: Leone's got a, another part of his article coming out. It, he's teased that basically getting ADP value is is pretty massive as well. There's different ways to kind of crack this nut. So, I tend to think that you're most likely. I mean, this seems pretty obvious. I think, right? You're you're more likely to get crazy values the further away from the season we are because the market's less efficient so
2: yeah like you might get you might get like sky more like crate like sky more in the 18th round or something yeah, like that like the ooh. wins is
1: gonna that's definitely gonna win it for you <laughs> yeah
2: i mean i remember i remember like like uh that was one of the ones i like right when they first opened best palm like, <laughs> yeah oh my god i just got sky more with my last pick i already won i already won a million I already won. dollars dude. call it
1: dude <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um so what I I did a draft yesterday. I did Lamar Jackson at the ninth pick. I did Bryce Young in the fifth round, and then I did take Trey Lance in the sixth. So I like that. That's, and I don't. You guys know I don't really like drafting Trey Lance, but I figured like, okay, in the sixth round, the potential like if he hits, he's like a you know, a, like maybe a late first round value. The way these guys are going, you know, like Dak goes in the late first round. Deshaun Watson goes the late first round. So I'm like, if he is the starter, then. The payoff actually is pretty massive here, where I don't feel like it's necessarily massive in one QB. Um, yep. but that allows me to then have like, you know, elite skill position players that I was able to take with my second and third round picks. Um and that's the thing that I'm just trying to think through. Like when I get to week 17, which you know, odds are I won't, but when I when I do, how am I gonna be able to take down a 260 person field? And you know, getting Tyree Kill, Chris Olave, Nick Chubb in between my first and second quarterbacks feels like really powerful to me. So, to me, I'm like, I want to, I want to push, I want to push it at quarterback as much as I can, and then not get locked out. Because if you do get locked out, you're dead. So, I guess I'm willing to sacrifice maybe some advance rate because I think Sam, what you're saying, you would advance more teams than me. But I think, I think yeah. your teams with like four. Like, if you were to take like four in the first six rounds, I think those teams are like really, really struggling in week 17, most likely. Cause you just, you know, you're sort of fading like an entire group of elite skill position players. Yeah. No, that's a good and
2: point. You're, and, and you're and, probably not lining stacks up. You're not getting premium stacks if you have four quarterbacks because their best teammates are going to be gone. You know, sure,
0: sure. Yeah. M- m- okay. Four, maybe like, it, it depends how you do it. Like, I think I do, if I, if I do the strategy of, I pass in quarterbacks in the first two rounds, then I think I want four of these guys. If I take like a Lamar or I take a Josh Allen or I take Mahomes, like, I don't know if I, if I, so say, say I pass on quarterback in the first two round. And then I, I do like, I don't know, Kirk cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and then like Stroud and, and Bryce young. I think I actually would want to do that to try feels, to compete.
1: It feels tough to me. Cause I do think like, if you hit on, like Jacoby Brissett goes to pick. He went to pick 150 in the the draft I did yesterday. I think there's a good chance he's the starter by the end of the season and maybe by midseason. And like, there's going to Bailey Zappi. I, I think it's a great Gardner Minshew. I, I obviously like Anthony Richardson a lot, but like they might not draft Anthony Richardson. You I know? Mean,
2: Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew might just straight up start 17 games. Like he it's might in start the ra- 17 it's, games. It's, it's in the range. Like
1: if you hit on Gardner Minshew, then you're, like it's such a huge addition to your team. And then if you have structured your team to benefit from hitting on a pick like that, meaning you you didn't take those quarterbacks like overly, like he's like your he's sliding in as your quarterback three or your quarterback four, but your quarterback three wasn't super costly, then like you're gonna like if you make it to week 17, you have a huge advantage over the rest of the field. And I think there's going to be teams like that. In that 260 team field, if you show up with this robust quarterback room, it's more of a floor play. So are you like you could potentially get lapped by guys, you know, the Minshews coming in, filling their super flex, and then they've got like two elite guys that you don't have. Yeah. I I hear that argument, and I, I like I I totally hear that. What I'm trying to think
0: through, Pat, is like, I'm with you. If I get to week 17. I would much rather have like the two elite quarterback team with elite skill position players. What I'm trying to think through is like, okay, don't take the position of like, let's say we're in week 17, take the position of like, Hey, we're in week 15 and I have three like good stacked quarterbacks. who are going to start like guaranteed to start weeks 15 through 17. I really like my odds of winning three consecutive tournaments. more. I like than... your
1: odds of winning two consecutive tournaments. That third yeah. one's going to be tough but that the third, third one's again going to be really tough.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So I, I think I think it's a tough question to answer. I I totally
1: hear you. I think but I I, mean, I, like, I agree with you. Like I think the, you know, your odds of actually advancing in weeks 15 and 16 are going to be higher than what I'm suggesting because you have to win one 12-person group uh and right? It's no, it's two people advance from 12. Yeah. And then two people advance from 12 again. So it's like it's a you know, you're going to have to put up a really high score, but you don't have to put up an insane score. Mm-hmm. In week 17, like, it's not just that you might have to score more. It's that, like, there's, like, so many more teams that you're fading. You know, it's so many, like, now you're, like, dealing with, like, like, in your in your 12-person group, Zappy. you know, it has a good week that slots in and unlocks this, you know, a, creates a situation for a team that, that passed on quarterback early, for their skill position players to come in, that might that guy might not be in your group, you know, because I think it'll be random enough who these late quarterbacks are that actually hit. But in the final, those teams will be in your group. Yeah, I hear you. And like the, the last point I'll make, and
0: then, and then let's talk which guys we like, maybe on the right-hand side, that's kind of the most interest, interesting guys to talk through. The last point I'll make is like, again, the, the two-by-twos. If I'm taking like Bryce Young in the fifth and then, you know, um, at pick 110, I'm taking Zach Charbonnet. I'm like very confident that both of those guys are going to give me points. If you're taking in the sixth, um, you know, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy has the same ADP basically as Bryce Young right now. If you take Jerry Judy and then take Ryan Tannehill is going in the same uh, place as Charbonnet, like the odds of Tannehill just being a zero are
1: like 50%, right? Like, so what I'm saying is that- But if if Tannehill's the starter for the Titans this year, he probably scores as many or more points than Bryce Young.
0: Eh, I don't, okay, may, may, maybe that's true, but like, I, I think, do you agree with my my speculation that Tannehill's odds of starting weeks 15 to 17 are like 50 ish percent? Like, even if he's, no, the, way you think too
2: that's high. higher? I, Wait, I think that's way too high.
1: You think, yeah, you think that's too high? You, Pat, yeah. you're saying? Well, no, I low? think, I think it's pretty binary. I think they either draft someone and it's like zero. Or he, they don't draft someone. And I think it's like 90% without an injury. Who's starting? Willis? They're not starting Willis. I think, yeah, Josh the I don't know. Okay. Maybe
0: maybe the Tana. Like, my point is that, like, so many of these quarterbacks, though, that you're taking from picks, like even Brock Purdy at like pick 80, he could easily be a zero. He could give you something, but he could easily be a zero. Like, all the quarterbacks you're taking from pick like 80 to 180, like half of them, are just straight up zeros. Whereas like the running back and wide receivers you're taking there, like particularly up to like pick 150, like I'm pretty confident about the running backs and wide receivers at least contributing to my team in that range. So I'm just saying like, I think the two by two, like once you you think about it more, it's like you're locking in the quarterback early and then like you can still get a contributor from running back and wide receiver later. Whereas like if you lock in like the Jerry Judy type of pick 60 earlier, like sure that's that's pretty good but then you're just taking risks on like straight up zeros at quarterback like right if you player. can
1: outscore a six round wide receiver with a ninth round wide receiver why take on all the extra risk at quarterback i get that i think that the picks that jump out to me is like the worst are probably that like second to third round group where like you're giving up really really big opportunity cost at like daniel jones in the draft i was in it went um, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey on the turn, then Daniel Jones at pick 14, then Cooper Cup, then I grab Tyree Kill, then Dak goes. Like mm-hmm. I don't like Daniel Jones versus Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill. That's it. Seem like give me give me the elite receiver, man. Like yeah, I will figure quarterback out later. Good luck with Daniel Jones. Like
2: I I think this is the key. If you were to draft one team. You had one team, and your goal was we said, okay, you've got to make the finals with this team. I think I would rather get three of these quarterbacks who we have close to 100% or, or 90%, right? So maybe you take Herbert and Lawrence, or maybe you take Tua, Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford, or something like that. But if you're doing 25 teams, 150 teams, you know, whatever, and you're trying to win, uh, you know, 0.1 coraines, I think you are far more likely to run into super teams doing the risky strategy and going all in on Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, Kyle Trask, whatever. But and... play to
1: win with your one ticket, Davis. Don't just hope you limp into the finals. Play to win. Draft, well, draft the way you're saying.
2: That's not the way people think, though. Because <laughs> no. the way the way we have these discussions as we talk about teams is insular units, right? We're talking about lineup construction for one team and what would be quote unquote optimal for one team. And I mean, realistically very few people draft that way. Very few people are drafting just one team. And you got to think about what exactly, because uh, you can cover more combos that way. Right. So right. maybe, maybe Kirk Cousins Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell is not a good combo, right? Maybe that combo, the way that the points end up being distributed is a bad combo and you can't win that way, but maybe Bryce Young, Russell Wilson, Bailey Zappi, Sam Darnold is the nuts. And the way those points are distributed. They score the same
1: amount of points, but it's just the, but, but the way way they're distributed
2: is perfect. Right. And you actually add up this and the skill position players you layer in with them. Cause I mean, I probably learned, uh, I, one thing I learned that I can't, forget drafting these it was it was insane so we went back and uh we did this and we did this in pete's discord and we looked up the highest scoring players in week 17 at every position in every round right so round one who's who scored the most points in week 17 round two all the way to 18 and if you had drafted the perfect team for week 17 scoring so literally the highest scoring player in every single round that was like a viable team you wouldn't have even advanced you would not have even gotten out of your pod if you had seen week 17 scoring so if you'd had the box scores and you would have known the point distributions if you would have been drafting with the almanac That's you gutting. would not you mm-hmm. would you would not have even advanced you would not have even gotten there. <laughs> maybe you maybe you would have uh and and it was even like even if you had gotten a team through if you just miraculously made it through and you got in your week 15 pod it was like the the week 17 team did almost nothing in week 15, right? The, the perfect yeah. team.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. so that there is multiple layers of this. You have to get there. So to yeah. Sam, I think Sam's focused more on how do we get there and make sure we have enough quarterback scoring and make sure that like we can have one of our top players not score a ton of points in week 15 or 16. And we're still fine, which is like super valid. But I think there's a point at which you are kind of playing with one hand tied behind your back if you put yeah. too much uh, – in the quarterback position, sure. I, I certainly, yeah, I certainly agree with that. There's definitely a point. The the last thing I'll
0: add to this debate is like, I have some bad news from people. Like, there's going to be quarterbacks starting in weeks 15 to 17 that aren't even on that you know, aren't any, last, th- on the right that's, hand side. That's now. like
2: to our that's like to our yeah. point though, right? That's no, I don't, like, that's
0: I don't think it.
1: So I don't I, think, I think it, it is. is if I have three to, 20th three, round pick, dude. I just lapped yeah. you with my 20th round pick
2: no but like i'm
0: saying i'm saying (laughs) no but he's he's saying like josh
2: dobbs
0: okay let me let me give you some guys who started in week 17 that would not have made this list if we did the same thing last year david blau brock oh god (laughs) joshua dobbs tyler huntley sam ellinger skylar thompson nick mullins like baker mayfield mike like i mean you can go on and on like there's so many guys that are not that we can't even predict that are going to be starting. Well, we seven. would have
1: we would have predicted Baker Mayfield, just not on the Rams. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, <laughs> we but thought like for sure he would start.
2: I will be I will be predicting Baker Mayfield to start a Week 17 game every year for the next. I mean, this dude could be tossing. You know, he could be on the San Antonio Brahmas or whatever, and I'll still be predicting him to get into an NFL game yeah. by Week 17.
1: So is Jared yeah. Stidham not getting drafted? Yeah, no, that seems uh, kind of like a fun 20th round pick.
2: Yeah, see, dude, we're we I think we're solving the game here. I think the move is to treat because this is this is something uh, that playing a lot of Superflex Dynasty crane. You're going to know this as well as I do. Uh, the guys who end up you getting picked up and the guys who end up generating points for you in Superflex Dynasty Leagues. It, I mean, to the point that Sam just made, it's insane, you know. Yeah. Like, like, you you might blow 50% of your fab on Bailey Zappi. I mean, I did last, oh, yeah. last year. Yeah. I, like, blew so much fab on Bailey Zappi. And the so the point is, I think people... Actually, to the point of Sam's charts, people sort of treat quarterbacks statically. But quarterbacks actually generate... Get injured about as much as... Maybe not as much as running backs do. But they get injured quite a bit. They get
1: injured, yeah. And,
2: and they you know those the the value of those replacement games is is quite high in this format
0: yeah so why i think that the injury stuff helps my argument is because it's like we can take stabs at the kyle trask the heineke the huntley but we're just going to be wrong about like which of these backup quarterbacks actually do get starts like we can make a case for it now but we're going to be wrong about it so like like you're saying like maybe it, it's easy in a managed league to in Superflex to pick up like David Blau on waivers, and he'll get you 13 points when he starts. But like those guys aren't going to get drafted. So if I just have like like more guys who I feel very confident starting down the so stretch, are, are you telling goal, me to
2: get even weirder with my with my? Yeah, that's what tactics? I'm hearing. I'm are, hearing are, get weirder. Yeah, are you weirder. hearing? Yeah, that's are, you hearing are you hearing? Like I gotta I gotta scroll I gotta scroll down even further. Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you take this, a.
1: Sam what uh, you're saying like I, the that point I think if we're playing on drafters and we're just trying to score the most points in the regular season or not the regular season, just the whole you know the whole fantasy season then I think you know your points like pretty unassailable like we you need to have the quarterback slotting in regularly but yeah. I I do feel like yeah I'm I know I'm not as likely to hit when I take Gardner Minshew or, you know, certainly when I take Jarrett Stidham and hope, you know, Russ gets himself benched by the end of the year or whatever. Like I know that that's most likely to be a zero for me, but especially with like the Stidham pick or even like the Brissette pick, who's going at one pick 150. If that is a zero for me, okay. I can take a couple zeros. You know, I can take a couple zeros even in the week 17 final, if it's that late. You know what I can't yeah. do is take a zero from my second round pick because my third round pick was also a quarterback and my first round pick was also a quarterback and only one of them can make my final lineup. Not not getting anything from your second round pick, I think, really really screws you.
0: Not to to do this, but didn't you get nothing from your second round pick on your team that won two
1: million in the final? I league? I did, but <laughs> I got a huge I got a huge score from my first round pick who was a running back and that's fair. Had had I known, like I think it would have. You know, you would have put my odds way lower of winning if I went into the week with, say, sure. injured. Sure. Right. Sure. It's like the fact that he didn't score, you know, I was able to overcome, but it still would have put, you know, knowing that ahead of time, I think still gives you significantly less odds of, of taking it down.
0: Yeah. I got, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I totally get your point. I, I'm not, I'm not confident I'm right or, or I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know. I hear you guys' point. Um, I think let's get into maybe talking about, we've talked about a little bit, but, um, yeah, maybe to you first, Davis, any of these guys, you know, 50% or below. Um, and you can also disagree with my odds if you want, um, any of those guys there that, that you like a lot right now, um, in, in super flex drafts.
2: Yeah. Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker. I just like, that's like, it's like the theme of this show. I'm, I'm like, pre- like Kyle Trask is nothing. Kyle Trask is, was barely even a prospect. What was he a fifth round pick? Like you don't, um, Wasn't he a, I like a second the round thing. Pick?
1: Yeah, you did the H thing <laughs> I think he was a second round pick.
0: Yeah, I think he, he was. Was he really? Yeah. I think so. He was he's no later than a third.
1: He was a second round pick. <laughs> I mean, who cares? He's useless. You know? <laughs> he's he's
2: he's Kellen Mod. or I mean. This Kyle Trask yeah. was not even particularly good at Florida, you know. I mean he was I guess he had a very good final season at, at Florida. I don't know. He just, like, he's not very mobile. I just don't really, I, I, I guess he's been on the team as their backup quarterback. So maybe they're, maybe there's something they're seeing in him that I don't see. But I I just, and also they, st- I guess maybe the fact that they're really going to stink is a point against Baker and they might as, they, they will just like, well, we might as well see what this guy has because his contract expires in the year. I think what
1: they're seeing um, in Kyle Trask is Caleb Williams. That's what they see yeah, in him. Yeah, sure,
2: right. <laughs> that's that's definitely that's definitely part of it too. Uh, I mean, ba- Bailey's happy though. I mean, Bailey like
0: Belichick I, hates Mac Jones. I think Belichick. I believe, he just that. he just
2: hates Mac Jones. Right. It's just got to be personal at this point.
1: It is personal. He he was like seeking outside help, which apparently Belichick like despised that he wanted an offensive coordinator or someone to, to make the offense go. He just thinks that's you know treason
0: if so, my boss is yeah. uh joe judge or matt patricia i'm, I'm seeking outside help
1: yeah yeah why sure. wasn't belichick seeking outside help how, how did he not have an offensive coordinator it was it, with a second year quarterback i mean it is it's embarrassing because
2: hey, that's how that's how it's dude. in you know in in 1976 when his dad was coaching at navy that's how it was done you know you just stepped up you just helped out where you could so you, just, you don't. You don't need outside help. If someone asks you to be the offensive coordinator, you just offensive coordinate. It's, it doesn't have to be a big fancy thing. You know what I mean? Hey,
1: Matt Patricia, failed failed head coach and bad defensive coordinator. Do offense now. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: hey, it's not it, you were bad at the thing that you're supposed to be good at. Now
1: be good at something that you. have It's not
2: that hard, Matt. It. Just do it. McDaniel's could do it. Just do it.
1: Oh my God. don't ruin the confidence of our young quarterback we took a first round pick step up
2: <laughs> oh yeah so Bailey Zappi I think like what like if you had to set a market what number would you bet if if this was available you know if, if the DraftKings Sportsbook could set this number to, for Bailey Zappi for non injury related reasons to be the week one starter for the New England Patriots what number would you bet that at I probably need five to one odds i was thinking i was thinking like five or six to one
1: i think i'd need less
2: <laughs> yeah like <laughs>
1: I, I like three to one i'd be like oh.
2: <laughs> and also this is the this is the dumbest shit ever but the fact that the fans like bailey zappy and that he's got a cool name you think that doesn't play into it it totally plays into it like that's just it's very basic human psychology the fans do not like Mac Jones because of, I mean, I think there are a couple different reasons, but Bailey Zappi just coming in and like being kind of fun. And then there's also the thing you can say about him, that he has the all-time record for touchdowns and yards in a season in college football. Like that's kind of cool. Like it just, there's, it's just, he's just kind of one of those memes. Like Bailey Zappi is like a meme.
1: Even the way he's bad is kind of fun. Like he doesn't, he has no zip on the ball. He like floats the ball in. It looks insane but then it becomes like this magic trick where you're like he's completing passes like how so it's kind of he's delightfully bad
2: yeah and and
1: obviously that will um wear thin over yes i don't
2: think he's making it 17 games like i don't think my supposition is not that he makes it 17 games and that's yeah that's why on these
0: odds i I put mac 50 and zappy 20 i'm putting 30 percent in there for
2: for whatever
0: levis or richardson or Or tannahill i could see i could see tannahill
2: cut Signing for the I, – I mean, I could see why – why doesn't Bill go get Malik Willis? I mean, it feels like he would at least have fun coaching Malik Willis because he would just get to go back to the shit his dad coached. I mean, they could they could run the Cam Newton offense with Malik Willis.
1: Go hmm. get Tannehill, man. I've i i I've been kind of surprised that – like, to me, Tannehill is, like, way better than, you know, some of these other castoffs. Yeah, had, I even think even
0: Tannehill is one of my favorites. Favorite value, even though I do think he could be a zero weeks fifteen to seventeen. He's he's cheap enough now that I, I was kind of shitting on that thick earlier, but I think it's I think it's fine. Like if you compare him to like Jimmy G, or Desmond Ritter, like I, I kind of like Tannehill better than Desmond Ritter.
1: Um, oh yeah, Tannehill is way more talented than Desmond Ritter. He runs yeah. around a little bit. He's I don't, had-
2: I don't think Ritter is good enough to even get through like six weeks.
1: Yeah. Are, should we be drafting Heineke? Or should yes. we or, Tan, yes. or is no, going to Atlanta?
2: No, Heineke. Heineke is the move. Okay.
1: I have, R- Ritter, I have one. Sucks. Ritter sucks. Ritter's bad. Right? Yeah.
2: Am I, am I hate I I the Ritter.
1: I hate I mean, the Ritter don't
2: we, pick. Don't we have to assign some probability that 35-year-old, you know, mobile first quarterback Ryan Daniel, like it might just like he might just ride off into the sunset? Like he might just yeah. decide, like, you know, playing behind whoever or like getting cut and like moving my health, like there's got to be some chance. and I mean I guess I always say this but these guys are so addicted to their sport it never happens this way they just keep in perpetuity like uh you know like Ryan Tannehill will be a backup quarterback until he's 39 but for me like what is Ryan Ryan Tannehill is gonna go be freaking the backup in Miami or something like I don't know it just doesn't feel mm-hmm. feels like there's yeah. a chance he doesn't play this year
1: I mean, That's I would go I'm to saying. Atlanta and, you know...
2: Start, probably, start. yeah. Start,
1: yeah. I think there's spots where... I mean, he knows how to run the Arthur Smith offense. Like, he's been very successful in it. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Atlanta hasn't even tried to make that happen.
2: Well, could they be also are not trying thing. to acquire Lamar Jackson, despite the fact that, like, their, their roster is starting to get good, which is the craziest thing about it.
0: Yeah. I have one uh, backup. backup quarterback that that all all i've been taking it on in like 19th 20th round i think i think you gotta take sam Darnold a bunch so i I think he has i think he has two outs obviously the first one is purdy's a betrayal of your purdy take i know but it's an injury-based purdy take not not a talent based purdy take so purdy's injured obviously if he's healthy he's you know the goat um but he's (laughs) injured he he can't get back lance is just stinking it up he he like you know shanahan's hating him you know, Sam Darnold gets a chance. That's out number one. I think out number two is Lance is looking pretty good in the offseason. Purdy's healthy. He's throwing. Darnold's getting paid like five million guaranteed, I think, as a third string quarterback. That's a lot. I think there's a possibility that Darnold was a signing that's like a hedge on a Purdy um uh on Purdy's health. And if Darnold's healthy, they might consider trading him for like a fourth round pick to a this really is, desperate this team. This is this is
2: the this is the worst take that I can't actually dispel with facts and logic. Like this is the take that makes me the angriest that like, the more I dig into it, the more I can't be like, well, of course it's stupid. Like Greg, like, so Gretch's analysis I thought was, uh, I mean, it was most soothing to my brain, which was basically like, yeah, you can't sign this guy to a contract after probably telling him he could compete for playing time right. and yeah. then immediately say he's the third string quarterback. Yep. The the analysis that tickles my brain in a good way is Shanahan has just gotten screwed so many consecutive years by quarterback injuries. He wants to have three guys who are competent and paying $5 million guaranteed to Sam Darnold does that enough for him. But obviously there is so much smoke that Trey Lance just stinks, right? It's like the, the smoke is so thick. You yeah. just can't, you can't yeah. see anything but the smoke. Although <laughs> uh, there, there, there was a video going around of him uh, throwing for the first time in a while. And it, it does look like he has worked on his mechanics a little bit. It, it looks a yeah. little bit less hitchy, not a scout. So that's not a Yeah. Concept.
1: There's sort of a catapult approach to throwing that he has. It's like kind of, you know, it's very.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it's and it's I'll give you those for
1: the eye. The, the third out I'd give with Darnold.
0: even is I, I don't think a Lance trade is completely out of, out of the picture either. I'd say, so. I'd say a
2: Lance trade. If Purdy is healthy is quite live actually. Yeah.
1: Where's he so. going?
2: Tennessee, isn't that because mm. isn't that isn't that the reporting right? I mean, I, I it's hard. I to saw Houston
0: at one point because of the D'Amico Ryan's connection, but that seems weird. That see, why would you do that? Yeah, it seems Take bizarre. Place. But I have I have seen that. So. Well,
2: the guy who the guy who drafted him is the Titans GM.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. Right, the the director of player personnel. I will tell you is what,
1: or- if Lance goes to Tennessee, <laughs> give me Tannehill. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> oh, God. T-
2: i can't believe you have capitulated to this degree i'm honestly i'm honestly kind of ashamed of you pat no no they,
1: they'd cut tan hill and lance would beat out willis i am I'm, I'm on lance if he goes oh to god him. if lance is, can't beat out willis then
2: is willis okay willis. this is a good question i mean is malik willis ever gonna play in an nfl game again like it was the jo- it, no. was the josh dobbs benching in basically a playoff game like i mean is that truly like there can't be any coming back from that right
1: that was I mean, uh, got, uh yeah that was that brutal. was a hey uh, good news the XFL's restarting you know that was that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was rough I, Malik I, Willis and the Taysom Hill role
0: maybe give good him at tight it. end eligibility let's give go him tight end eligibility I'm drafting <laughs>
2: I mean I mean Jeff Driscoll did it and Malik Willis is more athletic than Jeff Driscoll. That's all I yeah. got. That's the best compliment I can give to Malik Willis right now is that he is more athletic. That's just. Uh, let's, I, w- I want to talk about some of these guys I can't talk myself into. So Ritter is the first one that I can't talk myself into. Howell, I have difficulty because I just think he's probably going to be bad. I think I think. Did you, they. Did I you,
1: think, do you see my point on chip chasing where I made Gretch incredibly sad?
2: No. Uh-uh. Give it to me.
1: I, so, he, okay. Ron Riveras, when I mean, he's like the premier hot seat head coach this year like he cannot screw this up because they, they
2: finally sold the team right
1: yeah it's so it's like he i would say he's almost like certain to be fired but he i know, theoretically maybe has a chance to save his job eric Bieniemy just came over he's trying to prove that he's not just a guy who got made by patrick mahomes right So he's he's got something to prove here they have Jacoby Brissett, who played very competently last year. He's going to he execute like, an offense.
2: Tenth in EPA plus CPOE composite or something like that.
1: I mean, that's pretty good. So you're you've got this guy waiting in the wings, where you know, like he's he's safety. Now you go in with Sam Howell. Sam Howell throws like two interceptions in one game, and he is sitting his ass down, and we may not see him again.
2: I I wonder if they even bypass that. I truly I think they they I think they just go with Brissett first.
1: Yeah, I I think that's totally in play. Brissett seems
0: like a major. Year. He was he was good last year. Like just straight up. I mean, not amazing, but you know
1: whatever. He's got like,
2: like a pretty decent solid. sample of being a fine NFL player, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And Howell was a fifth round pick who was anointed to start by Taylor Heineke. Heineke said, I'm not starting this week. You, y'all you should check out Howell. That's what happened. I mean, they weren't even planning on playing him in his rookie season. It's
2: crazy. I, I want to I dig in on that point because I think people might be questioning, like, why is Ron Rivera so guaranteed to be fired? Well, Ron Rivera's results have been horrible for a while. Daniel Snyder was so cheap, though, that he didn't want to fire him and pay out the guaranteed money because that's the way coaching contracts work. You don't see this happen very often in the NFL. This is more of an NBA thing or teams prefer to keep their coach to the end to so not have to pay them the money um but that's why Josh mcDaniel still has a job for the Raiders right it's like they they gave him so much money that if they fired him it just it, and it's like you're gonna be bad anyway so what's the point just let the bad coach keep his job because you got to pay him either way and I mean Dan we're talking like Dan Snyder' is like legendarily poor for an NFL owner it's like it's like <laughs> he, it's like he charged the team he made the team pay and to put right. he, he, what what he it's He charged the team to put advertising on his private plane, right? Because he couldn't afford jet fuel. So it's like, it's like he had no money. So he did not want to fire Ron Rivera and pay Ron Rivera more money. So now that the team is sold, he's gone. He's like really gone.
1: Yeah, which I guess because maybe he's so, so gone, maybe that's like a counter-argument that like he could just sure. like say, fuck it and roll it and roll like, like,
2: going to, like going to work after you've already put your two weeks, like Michael Scott <laughs> drinking the scotch with the Splenda in it. Like he doesn't care.
1: Yeah, yeah he's, he's from office space. He actually becomes awesome at his job now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, unironically, most NFL coaches would probably do better if they were not worried about the long-term security of their jobs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and that would be the the like let's see what we got in how move, um, but I don't know. I don't think. I mean Rivera <laughs> Rivera didn't know the playoff scenarios that he needed to make the playoffs last year. As as uh, Rotopad just pointed yeah, out. Yeah, we're we're right. not
2: eliminated, right? Oh no, yeah. we are.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be grasping on to the last shred of hope that he can retain his job in it. And the best chance he has, I think, is just rolling out. You know, an okay competent offense you know that's not embarrassing anyone mm-hmm. and then um the
2: okay give me the tyler huntley takes i mean it's it's april 7th we don't have a resolution to this lamar stuff the the trade the trade request per lamar is over a a month old at this point
0: i'm not drafting Huntley just because i think if they move on from lamar they have a plan to like you know trade with the team so they can Get Richardson or Levis or something, or I don't know. I even if it's Huntley to start the year,
1: is it going to be him to finish the year? I don't know. I'm not that excited. That's a about Lance. It. That's a Lance destination spot potentially. You've already got the system set up for a mobile quarterback. We should refer to him as a Pro Bowl quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, also,
2: Pro Pro way. Bowl Pro Bowl quarterback, Tyler
1: Huntley. <laughs> God. How That's did that happen? That, I, I don't know. even know how that happened. I
2: want to say way. Trubisky was a pro Bowl quarterback at some point.
0: He did have a kind of good year, though. Like Huntley, like barely even Fla- flag played? football participant, Tyler Huntley.
2: Yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, are you? Do you like? Oh, so, so no,
2: Not I don't. Really. But I Heineke, Heineke is if we if we think that Ritter is so trash, Heineke's got to be the obvious. Pivot from there, because Heineke can do the. I can be a C minus quarterback. Impress, like I mean, I don't Ritter. I don't even think can be a C minus. I think I think Ritter, Ritter getting a Ritter getting a D would be would be like a giant win for him. I think. The
1: the issue with Ritter too is it's like, okay, he got benched. We we knew he was going to get benched. He got benched, but before he did, you know, I got all these great games of a conservative immobile quarterback in the run heaviest offense of the league. Like what, what did you didn't get anything even when you had the starts, you know, he's you could have a situation where, you know, if you have a four quarterback team where he starts like eight games and hits your lineup once. So it just, it's, uh, I don't
0: know. yeah, I don't feel good. About it. The one actually, there, I think maybe that my favorite one on the right-hand side that we haven't talked about yet or not dived into is Will Levis at pick one twenty compared to other quarterbacks. I mean, oh, great. That's don't, great. We don't love him as a prospect, but man, he's going to, I mean, I think he's going to go to one of these teams like Tampa Bay or Washington or like one of these very gross quarterback situation teams. And like by week, like he's going to go to a team that I think is bad in real life football and like, yeah, they're going to see what they have in him by the end of the year. Like there's, there's no way he's not starting. Like, I think maybe my putting him in for 50% was a little conservative. I think you can make an argument. I think it's conservative too. 70%, maybe 60, 70, um, so, you know, his his draft capital, like people have talked about, oh, he might slide. If you look at like just average grinding the mocks or, you know, whatever website, it's not really sliding. And there's still some buzz about him going forward to the Colts. So um, I,
1: yeah, I think the Levis pick is, is kind of a smash right now. Yeah. I mean, I even mean, if he stinks, like Mitch Trubisky stunk and like, you know, he ran around a little bit and was playing by the end of his rookie year. Right. So. Yeah, 10 10 for 17, uh 95 yards
0: passing, one pick, and then two rushing touchdowns and, and 40 rushing yards. And there you go. That's your super yeah. flex Will Levis
1: right yeah. there. Yeah, he's he's like a little Daniel Jonesy. He doesn't run as much as Jones, but right. um I I mean he's he's somewhat mobile. His rushing stuff wasn't bad. And he's he scrambles, he does scramble. So I, I think he's any of these rookie quarterbacks, like you know, if you're taking these guys who are at risk of not starting the whole season, like you definitely want to take the guys who are at risk more of not starting at the beginning of the year, you know, have more outs in the in the final.
0: Yeah. And um, I can't pull this up right now, but I'm gonna trust the the chat. Chris says betting markets have Levis actually favored to Indianapolis right now. Uh, not sure if he means like plurality or like majority odds, if you know what I mean, but Anyways, like even if it, I, I imagine it's even close, like betting markets must be must be pretty close uh, there. So, yeah, I mean if he goes to the Colts, he's starting weeks 15 through 17. Like, put that Probably. in. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's hard hard to see him not unless he's just mania. Like, yeah, Inchimania takes over. <laughs> okay, cool. We've I think we've any any last guys you want to talk about? Um, otherwise, I think we should talk through some of the the risers and faller stuff. No, let's do mm. it. We, once we started talking about, you know, Tyler Huntley and Bailey Zappi, I think we've we've covered everything. Um, Stidham, I do, Stidham I do should be drafted. Sort of, Stidham. Yes, yeah.
2: I do sort of think that is, like, the the point of the exercise, though.
0: Oh, yeah, no, okay. I think that was that was really worthwhile to, to go through some of that. Um, okay, I'll be honest, guys, the Rogers and Fallers data, not the best this week, because in launching a new tournament, um, they have to put default ADP in there, and these are just kind of, like, the market reacting to the positions being undervalued or overvalued, so this chart here, it's just all quarterbacks. Um, we've, we've talked quarterback today, so I don't even really want to get into that. Let's talk about um, Pat's fourth-ranked dynasty running back, uh, Izzy Abanacanda, up 18 spots to 172 overall. That's a 10% increase in ADP. He's the only non-quarterback on this chart, so that's that's pretty impressive uh, for him showing up here. Pat, um, maybe g- give a little bit of your dynasty take on Abanacanda too, and then Tell us whether you're still uh, chasing him up up draft boards in best ball.
1: Yeah, my my take with a band of Canada, um and actually a couple of these running backs uh, that have similar profiles, Tank Bigsby, Kendre Miller, um, are the the three guys that I feel most confident about in their profiles. I just started to feel like kind of like we're talking about these quarterbacks. Like I I wanted to swing a little bigger with the chance, you know, that I'm going to miss. On some of these guys but when i hit i think the hits will be much bigger than a guy like Tajay spears um or devon a chain you know and spears is kind of more of a he's undersized he's going to be kind of like a like a third down back but he doesn't profile as like an electric receiver he profiles a, a very good receiver but you know it's like what's he really going to do for you as a rookie in half point ppr even if he hits i think like his best Best, best outcome would be like a Michael Carter situation lands on an empty depth chart. But I just, I think he kind of needs it all to line up for him. Whereas like a band of Canada, he's 216. He just tested as the most athletic running back in a class that includes B. John Robinson. And he is sufficiently efficient in the passing game, much like Zach Charbonnet. He had a higher yards per run than Charbonnet over his career. Higher than Tank Bigsby, higher than Roshan Johnson, higher than Kendry Miller. So he's you know, he's not like a guy who profiles as like an electric receiving back, but he looks competent there. One of these guys who can probably just stay on the field if there's no, you know, strong competition with a dedicated receiving back. So I'm like, you know, big enough, very athletic, breakaway runner. He's only 20 years old. He only had one good college season, but he doesn't turn 21 until October. And so to see a guy emerge with a really strong, productive season as a 19 slash 20 year old. Doesn't make me I'm like, yeah. I wish he was better at 17 years old or whatever, but you know, I can kind of forgive that a little bit. So that's the big red flag I would say is that he really only has he's a one hit wonder in college, but he's so young that I'm willing to overlook that a little bit. Um, and it's just kind of a bet on a pretty well rounded profile with elite athleticism and enough size to be a true lead back. But I think Bigsby and Miller and are both Bigsby's actually like much cheaper than Miller here. Um, I got him like a full like long round. After uh, you know, the board wrapped back around and I I took Miller and then I got Bigsby as well. Those guys I think also have really interesting profiles in the same in the same vein. And, you know, chances are one of them falls to like the mid-fifth or even the sixth or something because there's such a deep group of running backs. But I think any of those guys, and like a guy like Roshan Johnson, there's a number of these guys that if they get drafted in the third round, I they feel like, you know, maybe ninth round picks maybe eighth eighth round uh values in in one quarterback drafts you know so i still feel like there's value here whereas like a guy like a chain even if it kind of lines up well we get the draft capital we expect he still feels more like a 12th round type of value to me so i don't know you you just don't have as as much chance for kind of a home run pick with those guys even though you know I, i don't think they're terrible picks a chain and spears i just like the the higher upside bets I'm all
2: in on a like big, fast. Like I just, yeah, just, I, I see, I, I actually, I actually think um, there are worlds where he ends up being better than Charbonnet. Um, Wow. So Yeah. Charbonnet is just, Charbonnet is such a Corrine style guy and such a not my style guy. Like he's the most, he's the most Tyler Algier (laughs) ass running back. You know, I do love a Tyler Algier. You do, and and I mean, that type of guy, Brian Robinson, very similar, you know, nothing nah. special, but the coach who takes him is gonna like him. Big bodied, gonna gonna trust Robinson. Him.
1: Was a, had a much worse efficiency profile than those guys. I wasn't in on Robinson,
2: sure. Um, I mean, Robinson he averaged like five yards per carry, it's just he played at Alabama. So, what can you even learn? Yeah, yeah, it's very hard He's to learn good. about Alabama running backs. Uh, yeah. so the, but, the, I
0: oh, sorry. I, 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 To stay on a Bannekanda for for a second, I I I agree with everything you said, Pat, and I've been I've been taking him. I frankly was like underweight
1: on him early in draft. I was was too. I didn't realize how athletic he was, and people were saying he was, and I was like not listening, and I should have. Yeah, but yeah, um, you know, sometimes I'm skeptical that you hear like, oh, this guy's gonna be so athletic, and then he's like, fine, but I mean, he's really athletic yeah he's really athletic and i think yeah he should stand out from the
0: the other guys in his tier from an athleticism standpoint but my one pushback like if i'm playing devil's advocate you look at um expected draft capital and nfl mock draft database.com he's still not very high up there he's behind tavian thomas chase brown eric gray sean tucker deuce vaughn kenny mcintosh like guys we're not super excited about so like I think that data is not perfect. It could just be like a lag thing where the the big boards haven't caught up to his pro day numbers yet. And like, I expect him to go up, but like, I don't know. That's just like a slight hesitation. That's like, you haven't quite seen like the NFL media types buy into him fully yet. So that's my only minor pushback. I still think at this price, like it's, it's not super risky, but
1: um, I I think that pushback is you're underselling like how good of a point that is because like I'm not seeing the buzz on him and I don't know, maybe it's just because it's like April 7th and people are like taking a week off before, before the final push of the draft or something. But like, you know, PFF's big board has him 174th and his speed is just a blank line. Like they haven't even bothered to, now I'm like, when you get around to putting his (laughs) speed in is really fast. Will he move up your board? But like, I don't know, sort of a collective yawn from the, draft community when he crushed his pro day which i find like a little concerning because maybe that means that you know i don't know like they just didn't think it's taped like they basically had this already baked in like they're like yeah we know he's fast but we think he sucks at these other three things yeah that's yeah that's what i'm just like a little wary of is
0: like sometimes there's these things where like if, if you're just looking at it from a data perspective this kind of looks like buzz in the fantasy community that's driving yeah. up but not buzz in the NFL community. And like, you know, I don't know. We saw that with guys like Seth Williams a couple years ago. Like there's examples of these type of guys that like the buzz is like fantasy guys and not NFL guys. And I just get a little worried there. But that said, cheap enough now where I, I want I want my exposure. Um just because I like don't think there's a huge difference between being ranked one 180 on a big board versus like one twenty. And I'm taking the guys at one twenty or whatever. So you know, but yeah. I think that it is like fair to point out if he continues to rise like, I don't know, I'll, I'll get a little more nervous. Um,
1: yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's a good reason to sort of try to get the exposure in now because he probably will rise a little bit more, at least a little bit more. And um, he does have a low floor like he, he has like a, a very low floor. I mean, he could be like a sixth round pick. Because he's part of a group of guys that as a whole, I think we're going to get some big hits from, but we also are going to be wrong about several of them. Like we might only get two big hits from five or six guys. So, um, and the other, you know, two of those guys might be total bust. So, yeah,
0: uh, that's fair. Davis, I know, I know I cut off something you were going to say earlier. Did you have a point on a or another, another guy here? Um, no,
2: I mean, I just think okay. he fits the profile of a dude who could be a Damian Piercy, Isaiah Pacheco, like just grinding out. Yep. Like, I mean, obviously, weeks he doesn't score a touchdown, probably getting you very little, right? But I mean, the Damian Pierce and Isaiah Pacheco touchdown spike weeks were good when they happened. And it's I, you know, this is uh this is proudly a closing line value show, and he's probably gonna be. <laughs> He's probably going to be what you know, Pat, like a tenth round pick in on August first, you know, something like that. I jumped on that that train, man. I got this
1: <laughs> last. The train was pulling from the station, and I, I grabbed it last week. Oh, so. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um. Okay. One one other question. Getting back to the quarterbacks uh, for you, Davis. Like, I see Stroud, Richardson, Bryce Young all go together. Basically, at pick sixty. Like the the market's more or less just like throwing up their their arms and saying. I don't know what to do with these three guys. They're we're gonna just put them all right close. Together. Yeah, which Actually, is kind of
2: weird because you would think that fantasy football nerds drafting on April seventh would have a much stronger take about which one is better between Stroud yeah. and Young, but they they don't. They seem they seem to have have absolutely no conviction. Uh, basically, treating them uh, the the same way. Love pretty interesting to me. Um, I mean, I, I sent out a tweet last week, kind of tongue in cheek, like. Are there Jordan Love truthers? And I found out there are. There are like a a pretty large contingent Hmm. of Jordan Love truthers. And really, it's the same as Trey Lance truthers. You know, big and strong. And we just haven't really get to see him with an offense constructed around what he can do well. So maybe I need to sell myself on on Jordan Love a little bit.
0: Yeah. I guess I just don't get it when you can get the rookies at the same price as Love. That's where I... Like I wouldn't hate him if he was like 15 picks later but like I don't know. I'd rather have a rookie who hasn't sat for 3 years and can't get on the field. You know what I'm saying?
1: I, I don't know. And and hasn't looked good when he's out there, right? Like I know he looked okay the last game, but like I, I'm not that confident in Love. I think what I like about Love is that he's not getting benched. There's no one else. They you know, they got to see this through. I guess yeah. he, he could get benched, but I think he has, like, fairly low odds of of getting benched for his talent level. You know, like, talent-adjusted, he has – or, you know, likely – his likely talent level, he has pretty low odds of getting benched. So, I like that. But I like it more in one quarterback where, you know, you can kind of take him as, like, a second quarterback or something if you miss out on the rookies and you have an elite guy. And you're like, yeah, help me get there. Maybe he spikes in week 15 and helps get me through, and that's all I need. Um, here, this significant opportunity cost. And I agree with you. He's, he's going around other quarterbacks I like better. So, I mean, Pickett, you know, he's definitely not getting benched. And he's going later. He's Who's like, the
2: Steelers' backup quarterback? I don't even know the answer to that question.
1: Isn't it still Trubisky? Jason Rudolph? Is Trubisky – I thought Trubisky was still there.
0: I think it's Rudolph and Trubisky were both there last year. Um, I don't know about this year, to be honest.
2: Yeah, Trubisky. Pickett's not Trubisky, good, but Trubisky he's not an, an embarrassment. Trubisky is still there. Yeah, yeah he's, okay. still, he's still there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe people, I, I think there'd be like picket haters out there that could find some numbers that showed Trubisky was oh, better than Pickett last year, right?
1: Yeah, Pickett's not good, but like he doesn't do anything that I think will get him like outright bench. Like he's, he's just like, he's just really boring, you know, and it's not so, but like, in this format, if you just have a guy who's hitting your super flex enough, um, I don't know compared to love, I think he's probably a better pick. That's the thing is that just like
0: these quarterbacks that we don't think are very good, but are very likely to start down the stretch. Like, I think you can put both love and Pickett into that category. I think they're just pretty valuable still because man, like a bad quarterback can spike for 22 points, like without doing that much, you know what I mean? Like, like not like that their median score is is that high like they could be averaging 14 points all year but you know we see really bad quarterbacks just get to that 21 point level which in one quarterback that doesn't matter that much like if you took Pickett and he gets you 21 in one quarterback like that's barely going to matter that's just replacement level basically on a weekly basis but in super flex that can give you pretty big leverage um you know down the stretch so uh, these guys are just, it's just a completely different game, I guess is the point I'm making. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to skip a couple of these charts here. The, the, the fallers chart. Um, only thing I'll highlight is Lance, one of the few quarterbacks that is going down in ADP. I think there, there's reasons behind that, obviously, but um, you know, we, we've talked about him. I think he's, he's a much better his, pick in this format, right? Yes, much better. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's talk to the Lansing again, this running back chart. I think we've talked to the death. I did want to talk about the wide receiver rookie chart quickly um this is maybe just like a game theory take but i think that once so there's a pretty clear again top six guys you know from smith and jigba to downs um pretty clear top six and then we kind of have a big fall off and everyone's guessing i'm kind of inclined to take stabs on the tillman tyler scott rasheed rice even booty now because he's fallen so much over mims just just
2: Mims yeah, is my new, he's my new crush. Yeah, I yeah. just, I dig, I did a little bit more digging into him because it felt weird to me that he, the, the the weird thing about him is that he's actually bigger than Hyatt Downs and Flowers. He was like 185, but ran either faster or equivalent speeds to them and did the short shuttle stuff good and broke out as an 18 year old. Like he's got- And was I, a better
1: uh, prospect entering college.
2: Yes, so, so I think this is the most exploitable thing in with rookies right now is, is there's just this weird – I don't get it. I don't know what it is, but there's a weird thing going on with Marvin Mims. Yeah, so, I also
1: – so okay. you know, I had Travis May on the, uh, the Legendary Upside podcast yesterday, and I was trying to get – I was trying to talk him into the, some real Marvin Mims type. if he does go second round. Like what if Mims goes to the Chargers in the second round? Like how high are we moving him up? Our wide receiver rankings. For me, he would easily go ahead of Hyatt and Downs. And like I was like, what if Zay Flowers goes to the Patriots in the first round and Mims is on the Chargers in the second round? Which feels like fairly realistic. I, I think I'd be Mims over Flowers, which I couldn't get Travis on board with. So maybe that was a hot take. M- but. Mims
2: Mims second round to a good team versus Flowers and the to the Patriots in the first round. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't, don't don't give me Zay Flowers. Give me Mims. Yeah. They already got yeah. Juju smith schuster to play that role. And by the way, this is neither here nor there. It's a bit rich of the drafters on underdog. Z- uh, Jacoby Myers and Juju smith schuster are literally in the applet right next to each other. Like, same well ADP. It's wide receiver 51, wide receiver 52. It's, it's just – it's and it'll probably be different tomorrow, you know, because they'll – but it's yeah. just, that was like a perfect little thing. Um, what did – Korean, what did you make of this report that Josh Downs has had zero top 30 visits? He, uh, there, there was an athletic article that came out yesterday basically like, yeah, pretty quiet pre-draft process for the 171-pound Josh Downs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty concerning to me. I he, He's 171 pounds, and he was a slot-wide receiver in college. I mean, I, I don't really understand. I've never really understood his ADP on Underdog because he goes much later on FFPC, and he's just a pure volume play. So... If, if the draft capital is not there for him, which is a pretty big part of the bull case, I mean, I, I think he'll be like a third-round pick at worst, right? I, he's not falling a day three, but he was sort of like supposed to be a second-round pick. So if he's like a third-round slot receiver, like no thank you where he's going in, yeah. on underdog.
2: I mean, I just don't really have any interest in him in any format, to be honest
1: yeah he's clean enough on FFPC where I can I think he's fine mixing in because because you know, I, I don't know, maybe you get an empty depth chart and he just soaks up targets underneath or something.
2: right. Or maybe he's the guy that the chargers take.
0: Maybe. Uh, back to my original point, like I, I guess I shouldn't phrase it as much of an anti MiMS thing. It's just like there's there's like these cluster of guys, Tillman, Scott, Rice Bute, that are projected to get higher draft capital than mims. and especially in Superflex now they're like basically going undrafted. I just think the odds that one of those guys lands in a landing spot that we really like in like the second or third round. Like, I think, I think there's some value in those guys right now. Just uncertainty, like the draft projected draft capital looks pretty good for them. Um, just like game, game three point, they're going on drafted. I'm, I'm going to probably take I've, a little
1: bit of them. I've had a hard time with the projected draft capital over the last couple of weeks. Like it feels like you, it, the guys that I want to tell me what's going to happen are being very quiet um and then like i don't know like how i don't know to if i are we trusting like mock draft database right now with like some of these mocks aren't uh, that high quality? yeah no you're, you're it's a fair point um
0: i guess i don't so so my point is like i wouldn't look at this and say like oh tillman is better than mims like we can confidently say that i think maybe what we can confidently say is like they're in the same tier at least in terms of projected draft in terms capital. of draft
1: capital, probably I in, guess in draft capital. Not not I like, mean Lance Zerline had Tillman as his uh going to the Chiefs with in the first round.
2: Yeah, toss exactly. out toss out Lance Zerline mocks, dude. Like the, the draft day scenario he had going, it's like I just I'm not even gonna I'm not even I'm not engaging with this. Even if even if you're literally texting Nick Casario or whatever, it's like I can't what it was they traded down. Then they took a defensive player, then traded back up to take a quarterback. It was insane. It was an insane person's mock.
1: Well, sure. But like isn't like some of the value of some of these guys, and I don't know the mock draft streets well enough to say if Zero Line's one of these guys or not, but like, isn't the idea that you know they're hearing from teams that like Tillman is, you know, pretty high, like higher than you think on our board? So my my thought on Tillman and the argument
0: I've heard is that. All these, this entire wide receiver class is just a bunch of tiny dudes, and Tillman is one of the and big dudes who play small. Exactly, like he's one of the rare bodies in this class. And there's there's definitely some NFL teams that still have the we need guys to clear certain thresholds in order to draft him. Like those old school teams, I think still exist. So Tillman's going to go higher than you think because of that. That's sort of the argument.
1: He also is really good at the catch point. Like he is a big wide receiver who plays big. So if that's what you want, like if you're like really need a big dude on the outside who can get downfield and you know win fifty fifty balls, he is that guy. I don't know. He's a he was a fifth year senior who didn't do anything until his fourth year out of high school. So like, mm-hmm. not a great not a great profile. But I I I don't like discount the idea that he might be like a fourth or fifth round talent who goes in the early second. You know. Yeah, which does have some value, is in just in terms of like
2: it's just. Getting, I mean, getting I, on the I, field right away. That was what I did. My first newsletter post about is it's going to cause people to go like one of these guys is going to get drafted so crazy high because all these are all small slot wide receivers. Like S- Smith and Jig was not small, but he's a slot wide receiver. But Addison Flowers, Hyatt Downs, Scott Mims, Dell Reed. And Charlie Jones are all sub 185 pounds. Wow. And and I, so I, I did. I mean, my favorite thing in, in fantasy football is to run Pro Football Reference screens just to see. There have been three players ever to post 200 plus fantasy points PPR who weigh who are listed at 105 pounds or less. It's Antonio Brown. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was the only one listed under 180 and uh and devonta smith and darnell mooney these are the only guys
1: under 180
2: under 180 yeah yeah okay. under and, and antonio brown is like 183 but it was it was a pro day listing so it's like you get you get different stuff on antonio brown depending on which uh database you're using Waddle
1: was 180 and uh garrett wilson was like 183 so I, I do think the, so the it's, guys... it's
2: that's that's what I sort of found doing this research is it's all tilting that way. And I yeah. think I think that Devonta Smith is basically just gonna base these teams are gonna be like, Well, we gotta get the next Devonta Smith. Like we don't even care. I don't I don't care that this guy weighs 167 pounds because Devonta Smith is the man. Like I, I think it's I think our like for running these screens three that was the eventual conclusion I reached is that we're gonna do these drafts. We're going to be doing, you know, we're going to be doing the same exact shit three years from now. And there's going to be a two, two out. clone who weighs 155 pounds, who is going to be 145. A top yeah. It's just not going to matter because they're, you know, they're there. They're, they're, and it makes sense. You know, they're legislating, <laughs> they're legislating big hits out of the game. Like when's the last time you saw a wide receiver really get creamed and a flag was not immediately called. I, I, I cannot think of a time. And Average depth of target is trending way down. It was like the lowest average depth of target in over a decade, but the highest passing rate in a decade. So all these teams are just putting a premium on guys who can get open immediately, who can just release right away off the line of scrimmage. And it's, I think it's easier to do when you weigh 170 pounds than when you're Quentin Johnston size. But some teams on the Converse are still going to want those guys. So the Quentin Johnsons and the Cedric Tillmans are, are going to make themselves some money in that regard. I,
1: I've remained skeptical that you know Devontae Smith isn't an isn't an outlier. And I also, you know, have made this is sort of like a subtle point that gets me in trouble. But I do think that like Devontae Smith would probably be better served if he was like 195 pounds. You know, yeah, I don't think it's helpful he to him, you know, no. to be that small. So I I like, you know, Jordan Addison, he was so good, early to clear, you know, Bolitnikov winner can he be like a very good number two option? Like I feel confident that he can, you know, and I think he can contribute right away. So I, that doesn't concern me that much that he's under 180 pounds. I, and Zay Flowers and Marvin Mims are are over 180 pounds. So those guys like, I, you know, it's kind of the Garrett Wilson thing where it's like if you're good enough to play on the outside, which I think both guys do profile like they are. They're both good, really good downfield receivers and um you know flowers is seen as a a really strong route runner so i don't think those guys are like slot only so i'm good with them size wise the other guys i you know like downs he's slot only and he's 171 like that scares the crap out of me just because it's like you're how many routes are you running? You know, Downs so.
2: and Hyatt, I get the worst vibes about. Downs and Hyatt are the ones that give me bad vibes. Like Flowers, Addison, Smith, and Jigba, whatever. Mims, we we both like. Um, but yeah, like like Bills fans like drooling to get Jalen Hyatt at twenty seven or Josh Downs at twenty. I I, I can't get there.
0: That's yeah, what I feel. It scares <laughs> me too. I feel with those guys, Downs, Hyatt, and even maybe a little bit Flowers, is like if they don't get a good landing spots, we're going to get pretty down on them pretty quickly. Like, I don't know. I
2: they're, mean, like we're they're... never going to hear from Josh downs again. If he like ends up being a commander, like literally just like, forget that. dude. Oh exists. God. It's over. Yeah. If he's a commander. <laughs> he, he becomes, he becomes Diami Brown. Like you, like you're cutting this guy for, uh, you know, Kylan Granson in, in dynasty. He becomes, you know? I, so
1: like literally there is a guy that I have forgotten. I think he had a Steve in his name, Steve Sims, Stephen Sims, Stephen Sims, Stephen. Right. So he went to the commanders. I had to go into the deep recesses of my brain. I may not even have gotten his name. He was, correct. he
2: was, he was a really interesting prospect because he was like an elite returner at Kansas. Yeah. So they had another is, one
0: of those guys, Antonio Gandy, golden. Remember? Yeah? Well, he, he was, he like was a, a bigger oh, guy. Man. Gandy, center, golden.
2: Gandy, totally Gandy golden. Yeah. I think like, if you play his career over again, and you put him on a good team, I still think he probably could have made it.
1: Yeah. I know, I liked him too. Um, but like that, you know, that's your slot. Steven Sims, interesting slot guy, goes to the commanders <laughs> and it's immediately over. Uh yeah. yeah. Hyatt, by the way, I think he needs not only like a good team, but a team that is willing to like run a, a deep threat out of the slot and do like creative stuff to like I think his like if he goes to the Cowboys, like just write him off. Is yeah. you know, because they're gonna have him play like regular Z snaps and it'll be terrible. Yeah. A couple, Cowboys, so a couple of,
2: are we, right, go ahead. Are we totally writing Jalen Tolbert off after the red shirt year? Like, is he like, is yes. he a cut in yeah. dynasty? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dead. When Noah Brown, when Noah Brown just like completely owns you, <laughs>
2: that was so bad.
1: It's over. It's over. You're not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have over.
0: it. Yeah. So a couple guys like, and I don't, this is maybe not actionable info. Like, I don't know how you profit on this, but like, I have a hunch that because this class is so tiny, some of these like deeper guys that are just size, speed freaks in this class are going to surprisingly go early. Not not all of them, but like one of them. And the names I throw out maybe are um, Mingo, uh, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, and Andre uh, Isovash uh, from Princeton. Those guys are all like size, speed freaks, and I think I think some team. I think you' I think your take is right.
2: I think you're right, hundred percent. Lee, I, Liam, don't know, I don't know which Liam one, is but. a Bri- Liam is a Bryce Ford Wheaton Maxi hmm
0: and I don't know how you That's profit it. on that but like maybe can you bet <laughs> I don't think you can bet these guys like to go before a certain pick I don't think those markets exist and I wouldn't really be taking them in best ball because like even if you, the type Thornton thing happens you, to one of them it's not like that big of an ADP rise but like I don't know maybe, Davis, you have a take on how to like profit you, off the stake
2: you will be able to do that eventually, like a like event, like a week okay. before the NFL draft. DraftKings will have like a Bryce Ford Wheaton prop that you can bet seventeen dollars on.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, I think that if Cedric Tillman is a second round pick to a team with a decent passing offense, you can profit off of that.
1: Yeah, and I like the Mingo mention. Um, he's he's really big, two hundred twenty pounds. He's six two. He's like gigantic hands. He produced downfield they have 14.0 a dot. Um, he, he played for Ole Miss, uh, you know, big program. He's 45% of his career yards uh, came on deep targets, which is higher than Cedric Tillman. So he is that kind of he's, he's Cedric Tillman, but a little more athletic and probably worse draft capital, but he's like the exact same play. Uh 446 40 at 220, 39 and a half inch vertical, 129 inch broad jump. So he's someone that I think is pretty interesting. It's like a third round pick. He's more to me like a third round rookie pick in a dynasty league than a guy you'd mix in, in best ball right now. Just because yeah. it's like, what's the payoff this year? You know, and it and the floor is like literally zero. But um yeah, I think he's pretty interesting. A guy uh that Travis mentioned yesterday was Trey Palmer because he's super fast. His jumps were terrible, so he won't show up in the RAS score very high, but he uh, is the fastest wide receiver, was the fastest wide receiver at the Combine. So, um, you know, he, he could be the Tyquan Thornton type. Guy. Oh, he's one. That's decent size too.
0: Yeah, I could see that. That's a good one to throw out there. Um, cool. Let's talk, let's talk stacks a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's interesting how these prices change once you go to Superflex, because... And how we're calculating this, like, for example, there's a huge difference in price between like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in, in one quarterback. It's like second round versus eighth round in superflex, All of a sudden now Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are going in the same round basically. So you see teams like Cleveland get pulled up teams like Casey kind of,
2: kind of fucks the whole uh, organization of the draft board that people had been doing for the last month. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I, I don't know. We've talked on this before. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to hard to figure out this KC Buffalo thing. Like they should be like if we could project all of their starters, I think that they should be higher on this chart. Like they're still pretty high. They're they're top six. And even if you go to the other view of like team team stacks here, which now it's factoring in five players, not just the double stack. You see KC and Buffalo, like pretty cheap on this chart like cheaper than teams like the chargers the lions the jags the vikings like and on one hand i think that's like dumb but on the other hand i kind of get why because like i think the market's pricing in like deandre hopkins going to one of these teams or like some other trade happening for one of these teams and i get why we don't just like project Kadarius tony and sky Moore to like get you know 25 percent target shares like if you had to project it right now you might have to do something crazy like that so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have a specific question, but Pat, like, what do you what do you think on these like Bills cheap prices? Do you think the market has it right, or do you think like they're they're too cheap?
1: I like mixing in the deep threats on both of them. Uh, MVS goes very cheaply, uh, and Deontay Hardy, I still like taking on the Bills because um, I'm like, well, they're slightly different plays. The MVS play, I think his routes are the most protected, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Kadarius Tony like might might genuinely be a gadget player, like he, he didn't they didn't ever play him. Like, is that he, concerning he to really, anyone?
2: He really might be Dexter McCluster. Like Kadarius Tony, <laughs> yeah. Kadarius Tony might be Dexter McCluster. <laughs> they and didn't he, give
1: you, him any playing time. Is that like a like
2: basically you you turn <laughs> Kadarius Tony into forty percent of the snaps and your kick and punt returner, right? Yeah, and. and You know, and he scores eight touchdowns a year because he's really good and he's really fast, but you just don't, you don't ever expand his role. And you feel perfectly happy having, you know, Justin Watson, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, all these guys just being totally irrelevant producers, right? Just absolutely never giving you a spike week. Never, you know, just like getting like 800 combined offensive yards out of four guys who play a bunch of snaps. Um and just vibing, right? I mean, that's like Patrick Mahomes won MVP last year, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. And the only guys you could use on in fantasy were McKinnon and Kelsey.
1: Yeah.
2: That was it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Smith Schuster had like a six weeks run, a six week run where he was fine. And then we, then he was done. He was over. Yeah. I
1: do think like MVS where he's going gives you, cause, you know, it's one of those things where if he happened to have, you know, one of his better weeks at the right time we would probably think about it a little different. Then it would be, Oh, like it's a no brainer to take Patrick Holmes deep threat, you know? So it's just like, does it do the dice happen to roll, you know, on the right week where you get that spike week. So I like him. And I think he's protected from additions in a way that like sky Moore is not, you know, if they were to trade for Godwin sky Moore is a reserve, but there's going to be two outside wide receivers. And I think MVS will be one of them. So, He's yeah. he's a decent pick, and then Hardy is a guy. He's kind of like a tone. He's he's the Bills Tony, but instead of paying you know a premium, <laughs> premium pick, I'm I'm using a late round dart throw, where I'm like, you know, he's he's not going to play the exact role of Tony. But what I mean is like he's coming on probably for limited routes, but his impact could be outsized for the routes that he runs because so yeah. fast. Back to like I feel like Tony is just such like a Rorschach test
0: for how you play fantasy like. I, I don't know. Like, one of my favorite bits last year um, on your, your NBC pod, Pat was, I think every week Roto Pat would come to the podcast being like, come on guys, like Tony's going to play more snaps this week. Right. Like he's going to get up to like 60, 70%. And then you and Kyle would just be like, no, he's not like, and, but like that, it's just so, <laughs> and were we like,
1: ever wrong?
0: <laughs> no, you, you were never wrong. But like every week I was kind of like, oh, I kind of buy Roto Pat's like argument. Like he's so efficient. Like he is gonna get more snaps and then no, he's not. Like no, he's not. It, it's it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things that taking him, I don't know where he goes in super flex, but I think he goes like pick 70 in one quarterback. Like that's uh yeah, I think it says a lot about how you view view upside and and, and not care about downside as as to where you it's take just
1: him a rough care, price but... for me. I, I just I've taken yeah. him I have taken him with a you know Patrick Mahomes team, but it's like I have to. It's just not something I'm going out of my way to do. And generally, like if I don't have Mahomes, I'm like happy to see him go off the board, you know, because I'm not—I don't know—he just it just it just feels really pricey for the the archetype. For the odds of just
0: giving you absolutely nothing, there's so many guys there that you know are going to run ninety percent plus routes that you're passing up on. So it's it's tough.
2: Do we do we think the Chiefs? do make a move like to add a quality wide receiver or do we think that they do we think brett veach is actually emboldened by getting away with it like winning a super bowl with like four of the shittiest wide receivers the the nfl has ever seen just like sure mbs juju smith schuster and justin watson like it's fine it's you know it's he's like, gonna whatever. like
0: he's just gonna bring like byron pringle and demarcus robinson back and those are gonna be the additions and they're just like let's let's do this again
1: like i don't know I, I think they're a smart enough organization where they'll probably draft someone because like if you're looking at uh just overall, not even their needs, like what positions make sense to draft like wide receiver is increasingly becoming a position where it makes sense to have guys on rookie deals. It's getting more and more expensive. Um, and they like in their particular case, like Kelsey's going to retire pretty soon. like they have to find they have to hit on some guys at the wide receiver position. So I don't know. I think it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of malpractice if they don't take a guy in the first couple of rounds. Isn't
2: it, isn't it a bigger need to take Michael Meyer, Kincaid, you know, whoever, like the the counterpoint that you're about to make is you're not going to find Travis. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. You're about to lose Travis. Kelsey. Don't, don't you need like uh, the tail end of Jason Witten's career. Like, I don't know. I guess it doesn't hurt, but like if one of those guys was available in like the third round
0: though, which I think is possible, like Laporta in the third, I think that's starts to get pretty interesting for the chiefs. Cause like they did have like Noah Gray, if you add up all the snaps of Noah Gray, Fortson, blah, 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 Blake Bell, I forget who they were playing exactly last year. Like it was like a 30, 40% snap role. Like one of those rookie tight ends in the third round playing that type of role. Like I don't think that's crazy from a team building perspective if that's the price for him. I
1: I agree with that and it's a it's a deep enough tight end class where you could probably sit back and wait till the fourth and get get like the last guy maybe maybe not maybe they all get snapped up but yeah. I think at the third round sure but at, at I think there's two reasons why I wouldn't prioritize Mayor one because I think Mayor's a really good prospect but like even if he turns into like Pete Greg Olson that's like a massive win for how bad we are predicting these tight ends and how good they and are.
2: and maybe not even a massive win for the chiefs right pete greg pete greg olson not necessarily like the engine of a really good right. offense you know so it's like they're they're actually are probably better off just being like sure noah gray's been on the team for four years he can kind of you know roll around on the ground and uh <laughs> we'll see we'll see if we can actually because we're better at predicting wide receivers so let's see if we can turn Imagine if Marvin Mims goes to the Kansas City oh, Chiefs in the please second round.
1: make it happen, man. Make it happen. So, and the other the other thing is, like, if you wanted to go get Mike Gesicki or Irv Smith, you know, who are not going to be as good as Mayer could be, but are, like, fine, they're so cheap. Like, these tight ends are readily available to go fill in, but the wide receivers that you can bring in at that kind of level of contract are, are, are like, below replacement level. So... I just think from a team building perspective, they should really prioritize wide receiver. But mm-hmm. this is like
0: a complete Galaxy brand take. But do you think there's anything to like, do you think the Chiefs have found something in a strategy of playing? like much, many more wide receivers and tight ends in like more bit roles, like 40 to 60% snap roles. Yeah, you just got to do rugby (laughs) plays.
2: You just got to do rugby (laughs) That's
1: that's not where I was going with this one, but they didn't, they didn't outlaw the whole, what I love about the, we, we should do this with Liam. Uh, This is unfair now, but like the, we have to have this conversation because he was making this whole point that they would outlaw the rugby play. They didn't outlaw it. So now his take has to change. Rugby might really be optimal. They won't outlaw I still
0: have um, no idea what the rugby thing means. I need to see like a diagram. You need to get back I, on the
1: pod with William. and talk about the
2: answer, the answer to your question is this already happens, Sam, because teams, generally speaking, carry five or six defensive backs, with the sixth one being mostly a special teams guy. And your two best corners basically never sub off. Like the guys who, who are elite, they they're they're pretty close to like 90, 95 percent snap rates and uh, you know if if Deontay if if uh, if Deontay Hardy runs a nine route and gets winded and doesn't get targeted he goes and slaps Isaiah McKenzie I guess not Isaiah McKenzie anymore I don't know Trent Sherfield Trent Sherfield he goes he goes and slaps Trent Sherfield's hand and says you go run this next route and Trent Sherfield not winded goes and runs the next route and then subs back out whereas. The the cornerback, I, I can't even think of an AFCS an AFC East cornerback. Byron Jones. Who Darrell I, Rivas. He, Darrell, sure. Right. <laughs> Darrell scarring. Rivas has to Darrell Rivas has to go walk back to the line of scrimmage and go do it again. So teams yeah. teams already do this. It uh, it used to drive uh this was the Jalen Rager thing. This was the thing that drove Corrain to like insanity, was he would like the Eagles rotate their wide receivers. It's not Jalen Rager's fault. He couldn't break out because he wasn't on the field mm. enough. Turns out uh, they rotated the
1: wide receivers because they didn't have any good ones. So they
0: were like, please, someone step up. Please, someone yeah. do something. Yeah. No one- my, yeah. My point was that, like, one, I think that would have the benefit of just like guys being fresh, but also like the Chiefs, I think you can kind of describe their wide receiver core last year as like a bunch of guys with like one or two things they're really good at, but like not well rounded overall wide receivers. So maybe there's some strategic thing there where like if the, the team is game planning defense and doesn't know if Tony or Juju, or whoever's going to be on the field, like it's a completely different player. I don't know. It's I think you'd rather just have good wide receivers instead of doing yeah, that. Have Mahomes,
1: I, I think, is what they hit on. So yeah, that's probably having That's say,
2: probably what it is. I, I would say I would say their big their big innovation in the sport was like maybe just like get an alien to play quarterback for you
1: (laughs) have Patrick Mahomes fall to you in the draft that's uh that's a hell of a strategy I think that
0: might have been my worst take trying to explain why the Chiefs were good by uh Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster and MBS and Sky Moore is the reason they're good
2: I just I something I am very tilted about is I just I so missed the sell window on Smith-Schuster in all these stupid $50 dynasty leagues like I could have gotten some seconds for him you know there are all sorts of trades available to me and i just i was such a you know i'm the zealot i'm the religious zealot i'm the i'm the mandalorian who won't take his stupid helmet off when it hey man at least these. you're
1: not doing it again with trey lance <laughs>
2: <laughs> at,
1: le- at least at least you're being prudent there and not doubling down again
2: I tra- you here's the thing you're doing it too because I offered you a very fair trade package per the Dynasty League Football trade calculator for Trey Lance you and you me? instantly rejected it.
1: I think you offered me something absurdly low.
2: I I literally plugged our teams in because DLF has the thing where you can plug your your league in and I clicked Trey Lance on your team and I used their sedi- their did suggested. You, did you additions. change to
1: Superflex because
2: you might have forgotten to do that? All right, let's do it again. I'll do it right now. And you'll say no, you'll be like, you'll be like. I probably will, I, yeah, I probably will. Yeah, because because you, in the bottom of your heart. <laughs> I'm doing it wanna, too. You don't want to capitulate. <laughs> oh God, all
1: right, pull it up. Can you share Maybe, the screen? Let's, let's do, let's see well, if I'm going to reject a trade in real time.
2: Let me see if it'll, <laughs> let me see if it'll let me log in. Sometimes uh, I, I use the, uh, the Libertarian crypto browser, Brave. So sometimes I just can't, I just randomly can't log in. websites like Pro Football Pro pro, pro Football Pro Football Focus rejects my authentication token every time I try to log in. They're they're, 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 they're like you actually you actually can't access our website.
1: But hey, at least you're decentralized, you know?
2: At least okay. Uh the quarantine auction 2023. Keep in mind I did just trade away one of the picks I probably would have offered you to get some dusty ass running backs. I, I missed I missed my window. Um Okay, it is letting me in. We're sinking. I, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never officially done a trade on air before. It's always, it's always been like, yeah, maybe we could do it, and then the person hems and haws, and it never, it never works out. Well, based
1: on what the first uh, offer was, I, I don't think that's about to change. But let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens.
2: Well, my uh, my decentralized browser is taking a while to load. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the worst <laughs> this
1: is promo for Brave. Brave is going to pay you money to, to no, never
2: do this I'm, again. <laughs> it's actually, it's honestly like the worst browser experience I've ever. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually terrible. Um, Okay, we're we're in. We're loading up. We're loading up. The, the, yeah, as a
0: reminder, ADP chasing yeah. sponsored by Brave. Um
2: so yeah, yeah. the value for Trey Lance is very high. I think I disagree with this.
1: Oh, now you disagree cuz you you changed it to superflexes. I think what happened.
2: No, no. It was it's showing him with an ADP of 47 in Superflex and a 64 overall ranking in Superflex. That I do not agree with that. That is I, that too seems- high. Look, he's
1: a starting quarterback with mobility.
2: I would rather trade for Jordan Love at Jordan Love's price than I would trade for Trey Lance at this price.
1: I mean, does Jordan Love uh, have better odds of starting after the year?
2: He Jordan. I would, say, I would say Jordan Love has better odds of being a multi-year starter, but way lower, like almost non-existent odds of ever being a top five quarterback. Like right. never, ever.
1: Trey Lance, if it happens, it's going to be sweet yes i think
2: that's the difference if if trey lance if trey lance happens it's going to be happens Mm -hmm. with a capital h it's going to be it's going to be like justin fields running all over and being like electric jordan love is going to be like winning 17 to 15 against the detroit lions like it's gonna it's like who's gonna care
0: is that true though for like i hear that all for lance but like why can't lance just be like ryan Tannehill in a
1: good way yeah, in a good way. Like,
0: I, I, why I literally... does the ceiling have to be like crazy? Like, oh no,
1: you're saying it, in a bad way. The,
0: because be I'm hits, saying like, can his ceiling be like Ryan Tannehill? Like, not that great of a passer, like a good runner, but not an elite runner, and like efficient because the offense is schemed well around him. Mm. Isn't that basically? What I don't
1: Tannehill think he's that. I think he's he's sort of he's he's a worse enough passer than Tannehill, but I don't think that's plausible. <laughs>
2: For for him to even be oh, so you're able to that. be on the field, he has to be so good at running. Yeah, is is what he we're needs saying.
1: to run because he's because if he was a better passer, then yes, but I think he's not good enough as, as a passer to be Tannehill. That's I that's basically
2: we're saying like the multi year Lance starting thesis is like almost entirely contingent on him running for like eighty yards a game or something, like something. Close it's to it's that. like
1: Fields, like Fields. I yes. think if Fields was better he would be worse for fantasy because he would run less.
2: If if Fields stopped eating 19 sacks per game and completing 63% of his passes, guess what? You're going to be pissed that you took yes. him in fantasy. Like yes. if Justin, if the Bears win eight games this year, all these people who are taking Justin Fields so high are going to be like, fuck and got roasted on that one. <laughs> like the Bear, like Fields playing a conducive winning style of football is not what you want. If you're, what yeah. is his ADP? In like his ADP in best maybe like three He's be round, like a second. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, third, yeah. second, third round pick or something like that.
1: Yeah, mm. is it that high? Yeah, maybe it is that
0: high. Jeez. All right, Um getting us back back on track here slightly. I'll give one. Um. <laughs> Wait, so Davis just bailed? Because for the record, I did, Davis did, was like, "I'll, I'll send you
2: a trade offer. I'll go no, to the football right now. I'll take ten this, minutes to load my this, brave brother." This Trey Lance, this, trail has, this trail Price, I can't, I can't. There's no Look at way that. I can't. He's no, immediately <laughs> fails. <laughs> that,
1: that offer you sent me for was definitely not on superflex settings.
2: It was probably, it was probably, <laughs> it was probably like what, like a 2024 first, and like Pat Fryermuth or something.
1: Uh, I don't think there was a first involved. I don't even think it was a first. Well, I think was like if there a wasn't fan. a
2: first involved, if there was not a first involved, you you were right to say no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hang on, I gotta find this thing. I want to find it now. Uh, this is not gonna be good. I'm scary, I'm
2: famous. Yeah. I'm famous for very bad opening offers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Negotiations one on one, right there.
2: You know what? I think I tried to give you Mac Jones, actually.
1: Oh, that is what it is, dude. It was yeah. Mac Jones. I was like, yeah. get out of here with Mac.
2: Jones. I'm really trying to. I'm really trying to get off that bag.
1: <laughs> oh, you Mac oh, Jones is, is the same with- floor as
0: Trey Lance, but zero of the ceiling. But no ceiling.
2: <laughs> like like <laughs> Mac Jones's season long ceiling is like quarterback nineteen fantasy points. <laughs> hey
1: Pat, I see you like quarterbacks <laughs> whose coaches hate their guts. Do you want an immobile version of that? <laughs> what were the
0: odds that that this 2020 qb draft class just three of them turned to absolute dust like before even year three happened yeah, like lance scary. zach wilson and mac jones could all be dust and that was supposed to be like kind of kind of goes against pat's
2: dynasty summer. theory because pat's theory is like no, goes you got it
1: for my theory
2: no, your theory is you gotta take like you gotta take the guy who goes 108. Like you're you're yeah. gonna be like jamming Will Levis this year. It seems oh, like yeah, kind gonna... of not
0: like the Lance Wilson situations feel kind of like anomalies almost. I don't know. The Lance one at least does. They're both super weird.
2: The, like the Lance one The Lance out. one is weird because the team that drafted him never wanted him. Like at no point in the like Kyle Shanahan's walking the card up and he's like, I wonder if I can write Mac Jones on this. Like, I'm like, is there a way that I can get out? Like, can I, can I just not do this? He got bullied into. he literally let like Adam Schefter and Peter King bully him <laughs> into taking Trey Lance. It's, it's one of the, and it's one of the most bizarre stories in the modern NFL
0: it yeah, is. It's, bizar- it's bizarre too that fields wasn't even in consideration there like i never understood that that was that was bizarre too
2: dude there was wow. a rumor that fields was gay and that was why teams didn't want him that was like that was like out there in the ether
1: really wow i, I didn't never, hear that yeah
2: and and he's a vegan you know like it's just, dude, like there's like vegans. all vegans
1: like what was it
2: was Kaepernick was Aaron foster a vegan, vegan? Karen foster was a vegan they hated that yeah. I mean to be fair, to be fair, I wouldn't draft a vegan. So I, I don't. like <laughs> Wow. I, that's look, not very? Yeah. That's
1: not very brave browser of you You know what I mean? It's like, no, like, I
2: think it is very brave browser. browser. People 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 who are using the Brave browser are eating like only Pete's, red Pete's going to <laughs> shut
1: the show He's down gonna soon. In and
2: Shut this down. <laughs> 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 I can't what find this I show? can't
1: find this uh trade offer by the way. I was I was looking at some uh, tweets that I, I was trying to find like my old position on Kyle Pitts back when he was a rookie or something. And I saw this whole discussion that I'd had with Davis, but every tweet from Davis would had been deleted.
2: I deleted all my tweets <laughs> from the beginning of Twitter to June 2022. What? That's so many tweets. Could you I, do it I, automatically? Yeah, I bought like a batch tweet deleter. You they huh. you did them like ten thousand at a time. So it still took a while.
1: <laughs> so did you funny. delete this email from my inbox? I cannot find this offer.
2: <laughs> just search just search uh Matic Mac Jones. It'll pull it'll, it'll,
1: it'll oh I guess I, I, if I search Mac Jones, it should come up.
2: Yeah. Then I've been I've been around I've been around these blocks. Right. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna try one thing uh to get this show back on track. So um you guys dig this up. Let me know how that trade went. Instead of doing uh, closing line values this week, it's kind of weird. We don't have the uh, the, the super flex ADP is all weird. So what I'm gonna do is um, I'm gonna give one one draft pick that I do when when nobody is watching and you guys are willing to if you guys are willing to share that that's that's cool as well. Or you can do the, the closing line value thing. But let's do one draft pick that is disgusting and you do it, but you you don't want to share that with anyone. Mine right now is the uh, CJ Stroud to Adam Thielen stack. Um,
2: no. Oh, why are you dude? doing we that? Had,
1: we had I'm, a three-minute conversation. I'm
0: doubling down.
1: Yeah. Just do it with uh, do it with Shark.
2: That's so much better.
0: It's I don't think it's better. So I, I guess to pull <laughs> up this chart. Tommy
2: <laughs> fucking trembled, dude. Literally.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. He I just
2: kicked again? us off the street. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> so this is the whole rationale. Look at this Carolina <laughs> stack price. Uh, Adam Thielen does not have to be good to pay off at how cheap the Panthers are going. And sure, you can take take Chark if you want, if you really hate Thielen, take Chark instead. Similar logic. I I think there's reasons for Thielen over Chark because of the money, how bad Chark looks on the char- on the charting stuff, ankle surgery, blah blah. blah. I think there's reasons. If you if you disagree, I I totally hear you. Thielen does not have to have a good season to pay off, just given how cheap this stack price is. Not only how cheap he is. But how cheap Stroud is, uh, particularly in one QB, but also Superflex, that, you know, Thielen going five for 60 and two touchdowns. I think that's going to happen one time this season. If that happens in the right week, it's like a dirt cheap stack that can, I think, provide you a lot of leverage. So that's mine. I know you guys hate it, but
1: um, yeah. Here's what I'll say. I, for <clears throat> a long time, said Adam Thielen is playing tight end. Uh, it's been about two, two and a half years now that he's essentially been a tight end. So if your play is just that he he has now five for sixty, I think is the most unrealistic part of that projection. But he three for thirty five with two touchdowns, three for thirty five and two, is, and they give him and they
0: give him tight end eligibility halfway through the year. I'll yeah, throw that in that's in play.
1: I think that's, but I do think, I mean, it's he, he's tailed off for a long time now. We've got into this on a previous episode. He was horrendous last year. He turns thirty three in August, and he's changing teams. That's about a, as poor of a bet for week 17 production as I think you can make. Um now maybe he just helps you get there, but I I mean, I, I think I'd rather draft Terrace Marshall. Give me LaVisca Chenault over Adam Thielen, okay? He he had a great yards per out run on a limited sample. Great yards yeah, per hour. La,
2: LaVisca's, LaVisca's not happening.
1: I know he's not happening, but you know what? Adam Thielen isn't either.
2: No, all right,
0: not.
1: Pat. You have you have a gross, gross pick that you do uh when no one's watching. Uh, well, I haven't been in these very much, but I do plan to draft Jarrett Stidham. So that'll be my gross pick that, uh, he's literally not. I don't think that's that
2: gross. I don't think that's that gross. It's not gross
1: enough. It's You can come back to me. I I can think of something grosser. Um, I
2: got, I got a I got a, I actually have one that I think is even going to shame the Hooper Ertz Gerald take. (laughs) And it's, it's for the sixth consecutive year. It's Tyler Higbee who is just simply going to play every single snap Never, never sub off. He will never get hundred yards, but he will score six touchdowns. And if you get the distribution of those six touchdowns correct, I mean, he's going after Juwan Johnson, who isn't even going to be the highest scoring tight end on his own team. Um, yeah, and actually, hate, the pick I, hate the that pick takes I make so much, but
0: I can't, I the, can't really argue against the, the
2: it pick I'm making it. that I don't want to talk about is I, I have yet to be in a draft where Kyle Pitts is on the board after ADP, and I haven't taken him. I mean, I just. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to look me in the eye and tell me Kyle Pitt should go in the seventh round sometimes. Like I just, I simply cannot, like, I just got to click that button. And I'm only saying that because we're two hours into the show and everyone left after I said, I wouldn't draft a vegan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, All right, Pat, you got one. Shit! I just had a name, and I oh, I don't know if this is gross enough either. But uh Justin Ross, you mix in some Justin Ross. No, just
2: stop, stop. Not gross enough?
1: No, that's gross. That's...
2: He's not he's literally not gonna play.
1: Okay, all right, play. it's gross enough.
2: Look, he was he was really good as a young player, and he's on the Chiefs. How how long ago? Like, dude, like do the math. Like, when Justin Ross was a young player, <laughs> how long ago was that? I don't know the Obama administration. Yes, literally yes. Justin Ross. <laughs> I don't think literally yes, but but it Justin was, uh, Ross's it was a while ago. first year at Clemson, twenty eighteen. Okay, it or wasn't something. the Obama administration, but it was twenty
1: eighteen. <laughs> yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah. So I mean, his seven,
2: seven years ago was the last time Justin Ross showed promise.
1: But he's on the Chiefs,
0: Davis. <laughs> <laughs> but we're drafting Sky Moore at like pick one hundred. So I, I, why not I would Ross? I would
2: co-sign. I would co-sign John Ross. Over Justin Ross, honestly.
1: Oh, he's also on the Chiefs practice squad, right? He is. I just think that if Ross, so he he dealt with these injuries, then he dealt with another injury last year. They immediately redshirted him. They it seemed like one of those things where they were looking to redshirt him. You know what I mean? They're like, we probably not you're not going to make our team, so let's let's stash you away. I mean, we but, will
2: always have that one clip of them inside the Chiefs training facility in Saint Joseph, Missouri, where he did make the one. One-handed catch on the boundary, and Mahomes was hyping him up.
1: If he's any good at all, he's had, he has a chance to emerge. Justin Watson was playing meaningful snaps for this team. If he's any good at all, I think he's got a chance. And you know what? No one's watching when I do it, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Can't stop me. I
2: think
0: that's fair enough. Um, all right, guys, that was that was a good show. Um, let's wrap was this it? up. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I can't say it was it was good at one point for for maybe the first. It had its moments. moments. much like
1: justin ross's career it started
0: (laughs) off pretty strong (laughs) yeah well we'll be back next week i think uh davis is debuting a new uh vegan chart of all the rookies (laughs) that um breaking down their diets you know what what maybe
2: that's the issue maybe Um, downs and hyatt and mims maybe they just need to get their diet optimized like that's why they're so like they need they need to up their protein intake
0: there's something man something anyways uh Pat, now you're doing legendary upside stuff. You got uh, rookie profiles uh, coming out this past week that I've seen anything else um, you've got in the works there on legendary upside.
1: Yeah. Legendary upside uh, rookie wide receiver article that I'm going to have out on Monday going through kind of my third round rookie pick types, information on Mims and Tillman and guys like Jonathan Mingo. So diving a little bit deeper on those guys going to be rolling out a similar type of article for, running back flyers also have quarterback and tight end stuff in the works uh still doing a 30-day trial and still doing a 30 dollars discount um if you sign up now so uh it's for your first year takes down to 69 dollars for the year um and got sean siegel on the regular free podcast next week gonna do a mailbag pod as well with kyle devorchick and leah murphy so if you're in the discord uh throw some questions in there for the mailbag pod that'll be on Thursday, awesome. Uh, we should also we should also uh, mention Pete's stream, uh, which I believe is tonight. Right?
2: He's doing he's doing best ball uh, breakfast with Leoni tomorrow.
0: I thought it was best ball after dark tonight. I think it's um, best ball after dark. But...
2: Damn. All right. I mean, I tried. Uh, yeah, he's
0: doing best uh, ball including... after dark tonight. Um, I know the details of it. It's just slipping my mind right it's now. It's
1: buried in here. Uh, where is it? <laughs> he gave us the details and then we talked too
0: much. <laughs> he is doing Best Ball After Dark tonight with Leone at 8 p.m. So, there oh no, go. sorry. Sorry. Nope. Saturday night. Said. Saturday night with Leone at 8 p.m. Best Ball After Dark. Uh, that's going to be great. You guys have to be there for that. The, the, uh, the
1: episode he did with Liam was awesome. So Yeah,
0: those have been really fun. Look um, I'm looking forward to that. Davis, I know you uh, restarted uh, a newsletter right this week. Um, you want to speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, we just—I—I I got tired of uh, not having any place to write my shit or put out rookie rankings or whatever. So we got a little, got a little automatic absolutes. We we brought it back. I mean, this is Sam. This is before your time. This is probably before you were playing fantasy football, but that used to be the name of my dfs column way way back in the day for fantasy insiders and for roto grinders like eight years ago so just really it's just a way to kind of show my o- homage for soccer dave and all he's done for my career you know i really i <laughs> wouldn't be here today without david kitchen so that's really uh it's really important and special when do we get in the
1: kitchen newsletter the the, the tree of kitchen
2: I mean, he, he said he's going to start this dad influencer blog for a long time and he hasn't done it. So I think, uh, you know, he's too busy. He just, he's got too much on his plate.
0: Awesome. And yeah, um, that, that's great. So, uh, check out Davis's uh, newsletter there, everyone highly recommend. And yeah, for me, I'm just coming up with, uh, I'm doing more deep dives into best ball strategy and theory. I think I'll do more next week on the super flex stuff that we talked on now, but Um, yeah I'll just be posting stuff there and besides that um, we will see you guys all next week on ADB Chasing thanks for joining us